we'll spend the first like 10 minutes of the podcast just discuss- discussing the finer points of uh, ballistic glass green protectors. That'll be well, riveting material. I'm just saying I fucking hate it when they don't go on straight and they collect all the dust in the goddamn universe somehow just because there's like a fucking fraction of a like a millimeter off the edge of the screen. And next thing you know, <laughs> there's just dog shit underneath it. And I have no <laughs> idea how it happened. And it's just driving me fucking nuts. So yeah. welcome to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. <laughs> We're at episode 80, uh, which may or may not be the age that I guess I'll be able to afford to retire at this rate. And We're then got directly after. So, uh, yes, we are now in our octogenarian years or episodes. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I'm Mark. I'm your host tonight. I'm here with Tim, obviously. Good evening, everybody. And the first time ever, Christy's super quiet. Did we just lose her again? No, Is no, 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 no. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's figuring out what to do while she podcasts. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what game am I going to play? Nah, I'm too afraid to play things now with my computer. <laughs> That's why you gotta get. Your, you should just go grab your Switch. You yeah, should grab play your it Switch. On your phone. Yeah, you, know, you could you play video games elsewhere. There, then you don't have to use your computer and fuck things I up. I don't know why else. we're giving her ideas on how how to ignore us while she podcasts. Because she does it anyway. So what difference does it make? Like, <laughs> fair enough. Every episode, I'm like, what's Christy doing while we're recording? And I look at the screen. She's like staring off somewhere else. I was like, oh, <laughs> she's playing Horizon Zero Dawn again. That's nope. Or nope. watching watching her Mark play something. Or, yeah. that, that happens more often. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So how are you guys doing this week? It's been like four days since we recorded. So, I mean. Yeah, we're having these like uh, great big gaps between, between when we record and then a little tiny gap and then a great big gap and yeah, then a little yeah. tiny gap. Yeah, we get back to like a regular like weekly recording session. So we'll have to see how next week yeah. goes. But yeah, yeah it's been, it's been like, like a couple days since we talked to each other versus the last episode where it had been like almost like two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah between <laughs> us actually being online together. It's so. good. I needed that fucking break from you guys. God. Yeah. Same here. Good. I was just, good. just, just. <laughs> stoned and watching tv is sick of hearing you guys in my fucking ears yes yeah you you should try fucking editing this dog shit so um so you guys all right you guys doing good yeah christy you're really fucking quiet tonight what's going on oh i'm just tired i mean i mean not tired as in like (laughs) i'm i'm not pulling the christy's exhausted thing i'm just you know, when you've taken on too much, so you're just like mentally, it's just harder to process everything that's going on because you're just like, there's a million things happening. And I don't know. I, I've just, I've taken on a bit more than I can chew. No, you never, yeah, do, you never that. do that. I don't know why you would think that. Like, you have no experience with this. Yeah. Mark and I have gotten to the age where we've given up on all that. We're just like, it's yeah. Not, it's not entirely true but it's close to true so (laughs) sometimes i get overwhelmed by the amount of tv that i have to watch though so like that might be an age (laughs) i don't know (laughs) that's i think that's a lesser problem (laughs) like at least on that like at least on that grant gustin isn't counting on you to watch the latest episode of the flash sort of thing yeah that's true that's true (laughs) especially because i do nothing for the ratings anyway right like i'm watching it after the fact (laughs) so I don't yeah, even count to those people. So there is that. Absolutely. Awesome. So there is a little bit of news. Do you guys want to get into it? Sure. Is I mean, that, what else yeah. are we going to do? I don't know. I'm actually not sure. It's what we do. That is what we do. That's what. That's how. We, that's how we do. So first thing, this one's for you, Christy. Disney and Guy Ritchie's live-action Aladdin has wrapped production, according to star Mina Masood, whose name I'm hoping I didn't butcher. Did you know they were making a live-action fucking Aladdin movie? Yeah, okay. 
There was there was some shit on a, a couple weeks ago where like I guess they were using makeup to darken up some extras and people got kind of <laughs> up in arms well, over that because they didn't just hire Middle Eastern actors. Little, yeah, exactly. Or like at least you know people of like Arab descent or whatever. So I, I mean, I, I I I'm less upset about that than I would be if it was like a lead character kind of thing, and I, I'm not too upset about them not going out and finding a thousand Arab actors to play you know joe fucking six pack number three or whatever <laughs> in agrabah i don't know is that that, is that, yeah. is that where <laughs> whatever Mo- Mo- mohammed six pack number three or Ish- ishmael six pack number my three. actual question is why the actual fuck are they remaking aladdin but i mean i guess at this point they're just remaking everything so i should just not not yeah. worry about it and just ignore the fact that it's happening so yeah that just seems to be disney's thing yeah. now and i guess there's people that are going out to watch these but i am not well i guess beauty and the beast was actually the number one actual overall box office for last year really really I think so yeah i thought i read a story about it, it being like the highest grossing movie of the year this year i'm looking it up yeah High, highest grossing movie of 2017 Star Wars 2017 nope, nope. like well, last jedi fucking bombed in china which is a massive market because they i guess china the the original star wars movies weren't shown when they were first released in china so china has like no nostalgia mm. For Star Wars whatsoever. So Last Jedi like lost to some like romantic comedy sequel or something. Oh, really? That's hilarious. In China. Yeah, it was called like Battle of the X's Three or something, which I guess it's like a huge franchise over there. But that that meant that its uh, international box office suffered greatly, although I think it still made plenty of well, money. The Star Wars Last Jedi actually did get the biggest Yeah, yeah it had it the most money then Beauty and the Beast. And then it was Wonder Woman. But it beat it like, yeah, it beat it, beat it by like $30 million. Oh, I, oh, okay. I, I see it by more than that, like a, almost $100 million. Oh, really? I think this is world. The one I've yeah. got in front of me has got like worldwide grosses because it's got yeah. Fast and Furious 8 on it at $1.3 billion, which is like a lot. Oh, I'm looking higher. at domestic. Yeah, yeah I'm, looking, I'm looking at uh, worldwide yeah, gross. And worldwide gross for Star Wars Last Jedi was like right under... It says here like 1.3 billion, and it's got Beauty and the Beast at like 1.26 billion, and Fate of the Furious at like 1.23 billion, and fucking Despicable Me 3. Kids' movies make a shiz ton of money. Kids' movies are like fucking licenses to print money. Like they just make money hand over fist for some reason. Oh, it made a ton of money. Yeah. And then Wolf Warrior 2 made $874 million. What the fuck is Wolf Warrior 2? I have no idea. No, it's a Chinese movie. Yeah, well, I mean, if they're they if they're there's some rule that just went out. There's two billion people. Yeah, but there's also like some that, rule. So. They just filed like this law where like like you can't if you want stuff to get released in China, like you can't have actors that are like there's a big like morality law that went into play. So like no people with tattoos, which is really weird, and like what? nobody nobody. <laughs> so it's it's pretty much like the whole law seemed to be focused on like hip hop culture for the most part, or like. Kind of like black mm. race, like against racism against black people, I guess. So. There, there is a lot of racism against black yeah. people in the Asian yeah. community. So I guess that's kind of what it was. But it was a lot of stuff where it's like, no, no people who are like morally questionable or like people with tattoos or like anybody who depicts like gangster or like, like criminal kind of lifestyles and shit like that. I'm like, you, that's so you're just <laughs> asking for Hollywood to shut down or stop releasing movies in your thing. Cause everybody in Hollywood is like some kind of piece of shit. I'm assuming. So 
Except for The Rock. The Rock, I, I, I assume, is unimpeachable. But <laughs> other than that, I assume everybody else is some kind of bag of shit. Just human, yeah, just human so. garbage. Human garbage. Everybody, that's that's Mark's philosophy on life. Everybody except The Rock is human garbage. The Rock and Eddie Vedder, yes. You're <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Were either of you guys Torchwood fans? Tim, did you ever watch Torchwood? Yeah, I love Tor- Torchwood. It was a really good show. It was a much. It was nice to have that sort of darker take on the, uh, the universe, uh, the, the Doctor Who, yeah, universe. Yeah, and I think I know where you're going with this, but and I don't really give a shit about it. But yeah, well, they've been doing. They've had a history of doing these like audio like stories, like radio plays with the original cast of like Doctor Who shows. So apparently, they're doing one with the entire original Torchwood team, which is kind of cool because it's been a long time since yeah. they did anything and. I guess they're never going to get a chance to go back to TV after that 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 American season bombed like crazy. So yeah, which is too bad because I thought the first two seasons were fun in an episodic kind of way, but that third season, I think it was Children of Men, was like a really yeah. well put together miniseries. So yeah, um, yeah, I've never uh, listened to any of those audio dramas, um, the the Doctor Who ones or the. I think I don't think this is the first Torchwood one they've done either, but uh, no, I think the yeah, first time they've had it's just back. So yeah, I just wanted to mention it because I know there's a lot of there's probably a lot of who beans in our little listening circle yeah. there, whatever. So so we got our first look at Brie Larson in the like Kree style Captain Marvel outfit today, yeah. which was pretty interesting. Did you take a look at it? <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. It it does look kind of weird. I'm guessing it's probably not like going to be the final costume because it's very different than. I mean, it still has the overall. The design's the it's same. Not it's colors. The overall. Yeah. Design, yeah. Yeah. Either the plan is for that to just be all green screened into color, or that's the original. Because she, like the Captain Marvel character, is a Kree warrior. Like it's a one of the alien Marvel alien races. Mm-hmm. So. That's probably mm-hmm. like the original Cree outfit that would then get recolored before she goes off and, you know, starts superheroing at large yeah. kind of thing. Superheroing. So. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's not like the the blue uh, blue red and gold yeah. classic yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, costume. I guess that is kind of the classic. I always forget that the, like the male Captain Marvel was there like beforehand. It's like such like Marvel prehistory mm-hmm. almost at this point because he was dead for most of the time that I was reading comics actively mid mid eighties. Yeah, exactly. So way before I would have started reading Marvel. And then like, by the time she took over, she had a completely different costume up until a couple of years ago. She was practically wearing a bathing suit for like years and years and years, the Carol Danvers character. And it wasn't until she really took over the captain Marvel role that she got like the full, like captain Marvel bodysuit that she's wearing now. So hopefully they'll skip the bathing. I mean, not that I wouldn't mind seeing fucking Brie Larson in that outfit, but at the same time, (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully they'll skip that and just go straight to the like the actual like armor kind of gear. So yeah, she does look like she bulked up uh, yeah. a bit for the role though. Yeah, she she looks. Uh, I mean, it's not like a really form fitting costume or anything, but she does look like pretty solid. Yeah, no, I think she's gonna be great. Like she looks like she's having fun on set and stuff like that. I'm following her on Instagram now just because I'm curious about what's going on with that movie. Like I am curious about mm-hmm. all these Marvel movies, obviously. So yeah, cool. Okay, so there's not like there isn't a ton of news. It's just like little bits and pieces of stuff. So we'll just kind of blast through them real quick the thing came out today uh, black panther is tracking for over 100 million dollar box office opening which means that's nice. fucking massive here are my tickets for that i already bought mine so i'll be there that friday hopefully anyway that's like february 16th is like two like three weeks away so it's fucking imminent at this point i know we were just talking about it last yeah. week but very excited for black panther <sighs> me too all right i'm trying to i want to get christy involved because she's super quiet I'll tonight for get some reason. involved i'm just chilling I'm listening. <laughs> All right. 
an American What We Do in the Shadows TV show has uh, you have found, found my attention. Has, that's what I was working on. <laughs> and a cast, too, I, I think. think too. Yeah, has a pilot order, a network, and a new cast. So okay. This American Venture is apparently a different project in the TV series slated to run later this year in New Zealand, where the film was made. That show, titled Wellington Paranormal, is kind of an X-Files-ish spinoff that follows the two detectives featured in the film as they investigate supernatural goings-on. By contrast, the FX reboot is described by The Hollywood Reporter as more of a reboot of the film, which presumably means vampire shenanigans will be the main focus. Waititi will direct the Clement penned pilot, and there's a new cast coming aboard, per The Hollywood Reporter, Set to star in the new What We Do in the Shadows are Kevin Novak, from never heard of him, Matt Berry, uh, Natasha Dimitrio, oof, Jesus, uh, Harvey Gillian, 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 fuck off. And it's unclear if Clement and YTD will also have on screen roles. So and it's all, it's going to be on FX, which I mean, for dark humor and stuff, like they have Archer, American Horror Story, Legion, and a couple other shows that are pretty like adult and R rated. So I think it sounds like it'll be okay. That's exciting. Yeah, it should be good, man. Oh, man, I'll watch it. I'll watch it so hard. Yeah, I gotta watch that movie again. It's been a long time since I saw <laughs> uh, that. I watch it constantly. Really? <laughs> Still oh, on my it's list. It's so good. I it watch is, it all the time. It's fucking hysterical, Tim. You gotta get on that. It's funny as shit. Tim, it's so funny. It's on the list. I believe you. It's just only so many hours in the day. Uh, yeah, there's that. All right, I actually got Christy involved for one story, so let's see if we can keep it going. Ryan Reynolds is working on a Clue remake with the writers of Deadpool. Uh, Nothing. I don't know that how to feel about that. Need to happen. Yeah, it sounds pretty. That sounds pretty like. I don't know. I'm not super. I mean, I'm sure it'll be entertaining enough because, like, they obviously wrote a decent script for Deadpool, and Ryan Reynolds is fucking hilarious. And I'm assuming this is just an excuse for him to cast all his buddies in a movie and make a giant comedy. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had more to say about it, but I will reserve judgment because Ryan Reynolds also just agreed to do Detective Pikachu. Honestly, I think at this point <laughs> he's just trying to make money. So I was going to say, is he just trying to like create yeah. education funds for his children? Possibly. Well, they only have. Like, but yeah, have to be kids? fair, that that original, uh, yeah. yeah, they've got kids. He, he he's kind of oh, known right. on Twitter for yes, his like hilarious parenting. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can just imagine that he's like one day going to lean down to his kid and whisper in her ear, "I did this shit for you," and like put on like (laughs) as punishment, he's going to like turn on Detective Pikachu. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or the first shitty Deadpool movie, aka Wolverine Origins. I don't think he did that for anybody. (laughs) I think he did that so that he could play Deadpool because he didn't think he was get a chance. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he thought he was ever going to get a chance to play real Deadpool. Which he now has, and yeah. it was awesome. So, I think he, along with the rest of us, are trying to forget right. that Wolverine Origins ever happened. Except for my mom, for some reason, loves that fucking movie. But anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> well, Hugh Jackman and uh, Ryan Reynolds both do not wear That's, shirts. Okay, for a lot you know what? Movie. You just, you just, Is that it, Karen? Just, I agree Is that with it? Karen. Well, time to change the subject because I don't want to talk about or think about that anymore. So that's awesome. I love Hugh Jackman's abs. Well, that that original Clue movie yeah. is somewhat of a cult classic. It's not one for me, but there are people that have like a real soft spot for that uh, old like eighties Clue. I mean, movie. it's it's a fun movie. I haven't seen it's it in fun. so long. I, I have no way to comment on that whatsoever. So yeah. I know I've seen it, but I just, I don't remember it. It didn't make a fucking impression on me whatsoever. So whatever. 
Did you guys see the, the Pacific Rim trailer that came out today? The new one? No. No. Yeah, we know Tim doesn't watch I did not, mainly because um, I'm not so big on it. I was making the rounds today. Everybody's been talking about it. Like, it was all over Twitter and stuff this morning. It was pretty entertaining. It actually looks like it'll be decent. I don't know if it's like run out to the theater and see it decent, but that's that kind of it just describes most of the movies that come out these days that don't have that giant, beautiful Marvel logo at the top of them. So, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll be a big hit with the people who like Pacific Rim. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> I I once dated a guy who was obsessed with Pacific Rim. Of course you did. He just loved it. And he was like, you gotta watch it. I just never did out of spite. Was that was that Bruno? <laughs> nope. Somebody else. Fair enough. Somebody else. That's yeah. like the only ex of yours that we know that whose She's name mentioned we know, other so ones just to me. I can't, I don't like if you if you one off mention a name, I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's great, gone. Like it's not gonna. I'm not gonna. Bye. <laughs> yeah, no, he was no. This one was a really good okay, guy. Fair enough, but he just yeah. I'm like Bruno. <laughs> no, Bruno was also I hope really Bruno, good guy. I hope Bruno's listening to the podcast <laughs> and just hears us shitting on him just for. <laughs> I told him that he was part of the podcast pretty regularly, and he was like, "Oh, maybe he's one of our 15 listeners." Then so that'll be. That'd be a bit. He just never comments because it's like every <laughs> every ten episodes, for some reason, they take a shit on me, and I don't know what I did. Yeah, they no idea why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this guy's an asshole. I don't know what's going on. Nah, I told him that he's my stand up <laughs> material. Oh, nice. So uh, this is just small. William Shatner says he wants to do the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie, which I am all for. <laughs> I know it's not going to happen. I just it'd just be so bad. I'm trying to picture. William Shatner directed by Quentin Tarantino just screaming F-bombs from here to like the <laughs> ends of the earth. And who is he going to act across from? Like who is he expecting to come back for? Well, Patrick Stewart already said he would do it. So it's going to be generations be, too. Yeah, like the two of them just like what? Drinking and talking about going down on chicks and shit? I don't know. I'd watch it. I, yeah, to be fair, I would probably watch that too. <laughs> it's Tarantino directed, and it's got Star Trek in the title. I'm going to watch it, even if it is that. So I might be, I might have some problems. I might go scream about it on the internet afterwards. Go but... Scream about it on the internet. Oh, that's pretty much what we're doing right now. So it's true. There you go. Right, I win. I win. I win. Um, okay, Christy, your your best friends at Bioware are having some issues this no, week. Did what you happened? see that with Anthem? So apparently they've doubled down on Anthem and have turned like all of their resources to developing that game. So Anthem, for those who don't know, is a upcoming PlayStation 4, Xbox One online shooter, I think kind of in the vein of Destiny. But Bioware is like folding all their resources into doing that, having shut down the teams. Like obviously they've already shut down the team that did Andromeda. And I guess anybody that was working on anything else has been diverted to Anthem. But it's already been pushed out of 2018 into 2019. Oh, so that's interesting. So they might be in a little bit of trouble. I can't see that. I can't imagine their finances are amazing right now, given what happened with Andromeda, which oddly enough is, again, on the PlayStation Store in an essential sale for like $13 or some shit like that. I still won't. Is it really? Yeah, it was pretty low when I looked at it this week. So Jeez. I was trying to figure out if I could, uh, if Witcher was on the essential sale so that I could buy it like you guys recommended. But I saw Mass Effect in there again. And it was like, 15 bucks and i was like Ooh, fuck how the mighty have fallen like i remember going to buy the first <sighs> one and it's still being like 40 bucks on the playstation 3 store like five years ago yeah. or something like that so not good it's not a good sign for the, for that uh dev who are they with are they under ea bioware yeah like, i think so them? yeah they got bought that's what the problem was is that once they were bought oh, EA they started rushing them? everything 
And okay. that's part of the reason why they were, everyone was so angry because the patches that they had for the... Like the graphic glitches that were going on? Yeah, were yeah. ready. Oh. But EA bought them out just as Andromeda began production and said, you're not going to take five years to make this like you did Mass Effect 3. You're going to finish this in 18 months. And uh-huh. so they'd already had this plan to take a few years to develop it. And then EA was like, nope, time is money, people. Oh, EA, the worst company in the world. It's how many years running? I think that was the big, that was the thing in gaming, right? For a long time, just shitting on EA because fuck EA. Yep. Yep. That's a good <laughs> answer, Christy. I like that answer. Yep. Did you see the story about Bill and Ted this week, Tim? That if Bill and Ted does happen, it will pay homage to George Carlin, as it yes. fucking should. Goddamn right, it should. Uh, yeah, that was the story I was talking about. And just, I'm, I'm astounded they, they're still talking about this movie, even though it seems to be no closer to happening than it ever has been. But every like couple months, we seem to talk about fucking Bill and Ted again. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a script, and I think it's just a matter of actually getting money behind it. But uh, I would fucking love to see another Bill and Ted movie. I don't care that they're like, you know, 30, not quite 30. 20 some years older than the last time that they played the characters. I'm totally down for it. Keanu Reeves. That'd yeah, be amazing. I'm just trying to picture like the guy who's now like action hero extraordinaire, John wick uh, going back. And I mean, I know it's acting and shit, but it's just like a really weird, like, yeah, Whoa. go cut back and play. Yeah, exactly. Go play Bill and Ted again, guys. Like, especially cause Alex Winter's done like, what does he direct? I don't think he really does anything else. Right. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's been doing documentaries. He did like a documentary on the dark web uh, pretty recently. Ooh, that, um, sounds... that I heard a lot of stuff about, mainly because I follow the Bill and Ted Three Facebook page. Because mm. that's how much I want this shit to happen. <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. I would I would fucking love to see that goddamn movie get made. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've been. I just whenever I see it, I'm like, you know, I really would like that movie to happen. But it's just they've been talking about it so long that it never happens. So. Yeah, kind of disappoints me a little bit. Fingers crossed. Someday. What else do I have? Okay. I well, and well, we'll do. So, Toys R Us apparently is closing 182 U.S. locations. I don't know if this is actually like super like relevant to what we talk about, but I just remember buying a lot of toys at Toys R Us. So, it's like a little part of my nostalgia childhood dying as Toys R Us just. Up and keels over. Yeah, I mean, not just that, not not just like toys and collectibles and stuff, but gaming and yeah. stuff like that as well. It's a yeah. huge out- outlet for that. So, I mean, really, I'm not that surprised because everything is shifting to online stores and that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can remember, like, but I remember like going and buying my Super Nintendo through, say, GameCube at fucking Toys R Us probably in St. Catharines mm-hmm. back in the day. And since then, I mean, I bought my switch online. Like it showed up at the house through Amazon. So, I mean, yeah, like I haven't been in a brick and mortar store and God only knows how long, like I really could have just like, we were talking about screen protectors that I'm like, I could go to fucking Best Buy and buy one, but Amazon will have it here tomorrow morning. So and it's cheaper. And it's cheaper. And, and yeah, I can also order my like toilet paper at the same time kind of thing. So whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think it's saying anything about like the state of like toy and you know the toy industry or the gaming industry or anything yeah. like that. Just that that retail is shifting. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it'd just be weird to not see Toys R Us around anymore. There's this one Toys R Us is right off the highway by my parents' house that you can always see when you're driving, like coming home, kind of thing. Like not seeing it there will be mm-hmm. fucking weird. So yeah, okay. This is my last story, and the only reason I saved it for last is because I forgot that it was in my list. 
<laughs> they are making a Duke Nukem movie. And the <laughs> the potential star, WWE champion, John Cena. Okay, that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> he's been making movies the last little while. Like, he hasn't been on WWE TV, as far as I can tell, for the last. I guess he showed up on Raw on Monday, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, I'm just like, first of all, that Duke, the last Duke Nukem game took that's perfect 500 casting. years to get out. It is perfect yeah. casting. I will grant that. Like that is like exactly the right person to be playing it. So <laughs> yeah. maybe they'll finally be. Able, if this works out, maybe they'll get that Johnny Bravo movie finally and have John Cena play him instead of. Because I know for the <laughs> longest time they were talking about The Rock playing him, but I think The Rock's too big now. I think that's a perfect role for somebody like coming up out of that scene, like being the big muscle bound guy to play. Mm-hmm. John Cena would be perfect for it, but. John Cena is John Cena is Duke Nukem. I'm just like, I am going to watch that. I'm probably gonna hate it, <laughs> but I am fucking watching. It's gonna be terrible. I am, but it's yeah. like I am so just just give me all the weed and then I'm just gonna sit through that piece of shit. Like this is gonna be so entertaining. That has potential to be like Mario <laughs> Brothers level of entertaining. So it's true. It'd be yeah. fun. I mean, like Mario Brothers was horrible. Oh, it's so bad. Like it's so bad. We should do a commentary track on that movie, actually. That's what we should do. That would be fun as fuck. Mario um, Brothers. I've never watched it. <laughs> You've never seen oh, Mario Brothers? Yeah. Oh my god, yes. It's, I've seen parts of we it. We should absolutely do a commentary track on it then. It's probably the worst movie Bob Hoskins ever did. Yes, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Poor Bob Hoskins. Whatever happened to that guy? He just doesn't do anything anymore. Is he dead? Uh, I'm pretty sure he's dead now. Oh. Yeah, I think he died a couple oh. years ago. He did, Mr. Smee. Oh, that's too bad. See, it's funny how like people remember, like you remember him in Hook, and like uh, my first uh, thought of him is uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he died, he died in 2014. Oh shit, I had no idea. How did I miss that craziness? Yeah. All right, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the news. Like there was more in there than I thought I was going to get. So not bad for four days. <laughs> you weren't going to mention <laughs> the uh, the Oscar nominations. Lots of good nerdy shit in there. Yeah, I'm surprised. Sorry. I'm surprised you didn't. I don't. Get... I don't care about the Oscars. We could talk about the Oscars. <laughs> If you want to talk about the Oscars. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the movies that we were talking about last week uh, in our, or uh, no, a couple weeks ago in our like 2017 roundup got a lot of love, like Shape of Water got like 13 nominations. I did see that. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet, but I really want to. I have been putting off watching it for like two weeks now. I don't know why I just won't sit down and watch it. Every time I think I'm like in the mood to watch it, I'm like... Eh, it's a little too long, or eh, like I'm just not in the right mood for it. I so got all this TV I need to watch, and yeah, I'm like way behind on all this other stuff, or yeah. I just don't feel like fucking watching TV right now. So, but also, Blade Runner 2049 got a lot of love as well, which is not surprising considering, like, you know, it was all the stuff that we talked about. Yeah. yeah, all the stuff that we talked about that we really liked from it, like the cinematography. They got a nod for. They got a nod for production design for sound editing for sound mixing for visual effects like just and that's just what we were saying was that everything on that movie works work together so well get out got a directing nod and an actor nod and an actor nod what else in here get out is up for best picture as well shape of water is up for best picture i'd be curious if they actually moved in a direction where like they actually nominate and possibly like have a genre movie win best picture like that would be mm-hmm. fucking nuts if like especially get out one like that's such like a sci-fi twilight zone kind of concept that 
is just going to win an Oscar. That's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. Hey, there is a full up uh, comic book movie. Logan got a best adapted screenplay yep. uh, nomination. Yep. I was happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't watched the fucking movie, Christy. That's true. I know, but I'm still happy about it. <laughs> I'm excited, That's though, because so um, they're. What's it? I just want to go back to Blade Runner because the cinematographer is like some. What's his name? Uh, Roger Deakins is like some yeah. legendary cinematographer, but he has never won an Oscar. And he's like one of the most influential cinematographers. Don't ask me why I know anything about cinema, like who an actual cinematographer is, but <laughs> I'm that nerd. But anyway, he's like hugely legendary and massively influential. Like everybody who's won a cinematography Oscar is like, yeah, that guy mentored me. Yeah, that guy mentored me. Or like, yeah, yeah he's never won. And yeah. he's never won one. And this, I'm like, just give him the goddamn Oscar. He own, Like he deserves it at this, like, especially for that movie. That was like, that's the best shot mm-hmm. movie I've seen in years. So yeah, absolutely. Which has spoiled me because like when we get to our meat of the episode, that's one of my things. I'm just like I can't watch regular stuff. I just look at how it's shot. I'm like, oh, this is garbage <laughs> right now. I need to stop watching <laughs> on repeat. <laughs> uh, and then besides that, uh, Last Jedi was up for some of the more technical yeah. uh, awards and stuff as well. I uh, did notice that Wonder Woman got fucking snubbed when I was looking at the. It list. did, and I saw. Yeah, it. I mean, it snubbed. It's it's good for a comic book movie, especially for a, a, DC, a DC movie. movie but yeah. I I'm I'm not I'm not that upset. The only no. thing that I think I think Patty Jenkins probably could have done with directing yeah, not. Agreed. But but yeah, besides that, I don't think there's anything else that it really earned. And plus, like I I can't you know I can't say that for sure because the only movie that I saw that got out of, out of the best director nominations is Get Out. I haven't seen Dunkirk. I haven't seen Lady Bird, and I haven't seen Phantom Thread or Shape of Water yet. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I've either. seen, I've seen Dunkirk, and I've seen. Uh, I have, like I said, I've been like meaning to watch Shape of Water, and just haven't got to it yet. I just, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I just noticed because it's such a big movie this year that it didn't get any kind of praise whatsoever. I thought, I thought at least Patty Jenkins yeah. would get a nod, but I guess they're only doing if they're only doing like the five or six people. That's like kind of the traditional mm-hmm. number, right, for that? Because don't they do ten now for Best Picture? Ten for Best Picture. Yeah, which is too much. Yeah, but you know why they do that, right? Yeah. So, no. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So they can nominate movies like they can nominate Logan or The Dark Knight or something like that, which will never win, even though they won't win. But they won't win. But this way, people like us, who like generally, if I well, maybe not us. I'll almost say us. People like me who will look at most of the Oscar, like Best Picture, like the old Scott, like when you would get five, and it was just like. These are five drama, 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 super drama. depressing movies that never came to a theater anywhere near me that I have no real interest in mm-hmm. watching because they just look like I'm going to want to put a gun in my mouth by like the third act or something like that. <laughs> no, True. that's that's not a lot of fun. But like, how did you not nominate Blade Runner this year? Yeah, so, I think Blade Runner should have had you. like, I, I mean, I haven't seen Shape of Water, but. I would be very surprised if Shape of Water was directed better than Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Fucking care. I mean, I love Guillermo del Toro, but I guarantee you, it would be. I mean, he's really good, but like, I don't think you're going to hit that level, man. Like that was, that felt like a one yeah. in a million shot. That Blade Runner movie, like that was just way too well put together. Yeah, and same with Dunkirk. Like just from having seen the trailers, like Dunkirk looked pretty good, but it doesn't look like it was directed anywhere near as well as Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It is directed on a technical level very well like but there's no chris nolan has this thing where like there's very little like there's no emotion to the way he directs you know what i mm. mean like it's very sterile sometimes and that dunkirk was like the yeah. one movie where i was like you need to get in there a little bit more and he just kept everything very like if everything felt really 
on the surface. Yeah, but everything, yeah, everything felt really antiseptic and like you're very removed from everything. And I was like, this feels like it should be like Private Ryan where you're just like in like the middle of shit blowing up and like you should be in the middle of it. But he doesn't, that's just not the way Chris Nolan thinks or operates, I guess. So it's hard to like, whenever he tries to do emotional stuff, it always like, that's, that's the shit where it's just like, just yeah, just flat. thuds on the ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when he's doing the big vision-y yeah. stuff, then it's like, oh, yeah, he knows how to do that. But as soon as you're like, have two people talk, it's like, whoa, fuck, what happened there? This is worse than George Lucas shit. Yeah. Well, maybe not that bad, but it's still like there's definitely a noticeable like change in like the quality of direction when he's going from I'm shooting big action thing or big like think piece bit to these two people are having mm-hmm. an emotional talk. Then it's like, well, everything falls apart. So anyway yeah yeah i can i would agree with that but yeah without besides the oct uh oscars the other stuff that struck me this week one was uh i just saw what well, i think is yesterday that jody whitaker is getting paid the same as peter capaldi for doctor who i didn't like i mean it's, it's which is awesome like but i didn't think shouldn't it shouldn't yeah. be news but it's nice that it is <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's kind of why i didn't really want to talk about because i'm like this shouldn't even be like a thing like that should she should be making more technically inflation means automatically yeah. she should be yeah. making more money than him but whatever i'll take even for now you know what i mean until we can whatever gut yeah. the rest of hollywood or the, i mean that's bbc that's really fucking weird so yeah anyway and then the only other two let's see one this, this just struck jump it jumped out to me because it's about doomsday clock which is a series i've been greatly enjoying but do you guys see the article today that said like the actual like real world doomsday clock yes. got like moved another minute closer to midnight what? today yep. or yesterday Why? or something like that we're two minutes to midnight right now yeah, because Why? Trump just keeps fucking antagonizing South or North, North Korea. Korea. Yeah, but the, the DC then turned around and decided to use this to market their fucking Doomsday Clock series. So they Doomsday Clock was like the hashtag was trending on Twitter, and so DC said, "Take your mind off the real hashtag Doomsday Clock with Doomsday Clock number three out oh now." God, yeah. good. Hey, man. The internet was like. Too soon, DC. Nah, you know what? <laughs> Fuck them. That's like marketing 101. If you if you see a trend you can jump on, jump on that fucking trend. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you they spiked their sales like at least a couple thousand units because of that. Probably. And and it's been a fucking outstanding series. Unfortunately, it just got moved to bi-monthly because I don't yes. think uh, Jeff Johns and Gary Frank can keep up with the... But it's one of those things where I'd rather have them do it right and take the time to do it than to rush it. But it's twelve issue series, so it means that it's now going to take two years. You know, be coming out in the course of fucking two years. Uh, yes, I mean that's uh, if it's good, then fine. If it's not, then you know what are you going to do? I mean, I'll always take it. We're three issues in, and it's been really solid so far. Uh, I'll take Gary Frank art ninety percent of the time, yeah. and like give the guy the time to do it because like his he was the one who was on action, right? Like he did the super. Yes. Yeah. He was, yeah, I loved his stuff on action. I don't even think I ever actually read, excuse me, those issues. I think I just looked at just, the art, like, just the looking art. at his right. art because there's something about the way he drew Superman to look a lot like Christopher Reeve that I was just like, this feels like home. Yeah. Like, this feels right to me. Even if the writing kind of went like in and out of being good or not kind of thing. Like Jeff Johns is awesome. And like, but sometimes it's like in a, in a filler issue, things would fall apart real easy with his stuff where if he's doing like a bigger story, then I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm fine with him, but. Mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty that's too bad that it's gonna take two years to get that fucking series over with so yeah yeah uh and then the very last thing was one that uh probably won't mean much to three of us because i don't think any of us are really big sci-fi novel readers but uh one of the best known novelists in 
fantasy and sci-fi passed away uh ursica ursula k leguin uh yeah last week uh she was the writer of the left hand of darkness and the earth sea series and i've seen a lot of people lamenting her passing on my facebook Uh, i saw a story about it but i didn't i didn't recognize the books or the name so yeah i'm a little not in touch with like modern sci-fi novel stuff i usually go back and read classic stuff i'm not modern stuff doesn't do much for me anymore i am old yeah yep that was everything that i had this week cool so are we ready to move on yeah i think so all right well then what do we move on to uh that's up to you guys you guys get to do the thing (laughs) geek of the week geek of the week geek of the week wow that was hopefully that'll be in um, in sync this week uh i hope so we'll see when I add, I can I could edit it to be in sync if I wanted to, but after after um thirteen hundred edits last week, I was like, you know what, fuck them, I don't care anymore. I'm just putting this fucking episode out. So, Christy, what was your geek of the week? My geek of the week. Well, the first geeky thing that was awesome was that I got my little Garrus guy right here from Mark. Sent me my little pop Garrus. I was talking about. At our last episode. There's a uh, ulterior motive to that, but that's fine. I'll take credit for giving Christy a little thoughtful gift. So The ulterior <laughs> motive to give me Garrus? Uh, yeah, because I wanted to send you that fucking cable so that your goddamn audio stays in sync Yay! this week. But Garrus came with it, so I'm very, very so, happy. Yes, I did see. I saw a little Garrus on Amazon while I was shopping to get Christy a uh, Ethernet patch cable and couldn't resist sending it to her <laughs> since she literally had been talking about it. About an hour uh, before I ordered all that stuff. So I was like, fuck this. I'll just order it and send her this cable so that I don't have to do 13 fucking hundred edits next week. So, But yeah, no, he's I've been looking for this guy for like three years almost. And he's okay. Honestly, Christy, it was like on Amazon. I don't know what exactly I saw him on Amazon, but I thought it'd be more fun to search for him and like check. So you just took away Christy's fun, Mark. I no, it's that. okay. I still love him because that means I, I still didn't have to <laughs> buy him on Amazon. He just appeared at my house. He found me. I don't know uh, what's going on with these pops the last couple weeks. My sister has gone fucking nuts. My Amazon cart, because I have Prime, so she uses my account. It's just mm-hmm. like lousy with fucking pops. Like I was just in her room grabbing. I can't remember what I was. Oh, I was putting something up like on the wall for like drilling something up for her. And there's a wall of Funko pops on the floor. And I'm just like, when did this happen? She's like, have you not been paying attention to your Amazon cart? And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you bought like all of them like literally all of them because she bought you know you can you can like share your prime account with her without having to like have her have oh, like gosh. she can have her I own account because this is driving me, and, and driving still me. and you can still like list her as a family member oh, so that you don't have to have all her recommendations pop up in your fucking Amazon well i didn't account. know that so fuck off and die tim <laughs> so, so now all your recommended items are pop figures yeah pretty much although to be fair she did get me one so i don't know if you guys can see this but it's like a 1998 rock oh yeah with like, awesome. with, like the, with the 500 dollars shirt and the the awesome people sunglasses and stuff so i've got that i've got him now except there's another one with a different shirt and i want that too just because i love that that's my era of the rock that i like the best is when he was just like giant douchebag wearing like flashy clothes and just trashing everybody so i don't know with an eyebrow that had its own zip code goddamn right the people's champ (laughs) so is that is that it for you chrissy just your garris pop no 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 it's not my garris pop isn't my only thing last night i guess it's geeky without being 
you know, when I mentioned improv, it's it's usually just because I'm theater geeky. We did a show and a a jam, and we were we were doing uh, a scene about oh I can't remember. It was something like totally nerdy, and my fellow improver Andrew thought he was grabbing my elbow, <laughs> straight up just hardcore grab my just boobs. goose the shit out of you, just. Like, and the audience died. But the thing was, I was so in the scene that I didn't recognize that it had happened at all. Like, I didn't know he'd grab my boob. And all I could feel was like him, like, ruffling my hair. So I thought he was licking my hair. And I kept like being like, what the fuck is going on? And the audience is dying. And he's like, cry laughing. And I'm just like standing there doing the scene like, what? And trying to figure out what's going on. And when we end, he just looks at me and goes, I'm so sorry. And I was like, why? And the whole audience was like, he grabbed your boob. (laughs) So, and then I started to feel it because he grabbed it really hard and I hadn't like fully noticed. So I was joking that it was phantom boob pain. And then the next scene's offer was phantom boob pain. And we had to act out a whole scene where I was just like touching my boobs on stage the whole time. And it was just whoever, so whoever awkward. Whoever put that in and I was, was just, a thinking man. Let's just put it. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> we need. We need to. Uh, I need to make phantom boob pain into one of our cards against humanity, like custom cards. Now phantom good, boob pain. <laughs> yes, that means I got a card. I'm but make yeah, a note of that. and then I guess the last geeky thing I did was um, on the drive home yesterday. I thought about you guys. I turned on Evanescence and just screamed it. Oh, on the we way to give, home. Can we give Screams can we give context for that? Sure. Okay. So I think if you go back a couple episodes, uh, we do one episode a year because Tim lives in Atlanta where he actually shows up at our house. <laughs> or he shows up in Ontario right around Christmas. And we did that our our Last Jedi review was that episode. But right afterwards we actually we played Cards Against Humanity first, if I'm not mistaken. And then we played Yeah. But before yep, we yep. left, we played Rock Band, and the, I think it was like the last song Christy did before her and her mark decided <laughs> it was time to go, was sing Evanescence, Bring Me to Life, and just fucking crushed it. But like, just <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs in my basement. It was, I really wish I hadn't been playing so that I could have fucking like done an Instagram story or something like that, because it was, <laughs> by the end, I thought Christy was just like full on going to put her fucking mic, put her, put the microphone through the goddamn monitor. I was like, she's getting pretty intense here. We need to calm that girl down. But <laughs> I laughed because the first thing, like, I, I did feel really good about it. I was like, damn, I didn't know I could sing that song that well. And then the first comment out of anyone's mouth was Alicia being like, I forgot how bad that song was. <laughs> she's not wrong. You crushed it, but like that song is just like a garbage it is, file. It's so. bad. Evanescence in general, like it's one of my like that's a guilty deep, pleasure. It deep guilty pleasures. Like yeah. I can't listen to all of their stuff because it's not good. But <laughs> like that, it, so. my immortal and what's the other one? Something about down going under, oh, going yeah. under. Like those are those are hardcore like guilty pleasure songs. Emo Christie songs. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, that was probably just feeling, and I was, like, so jazzed after. I was like, yeah, motherfucker! Like, driving down. (laughs) Speeding down the fucking highway. Wake me up inside! I like that uh, that's Christy's idea of metal. Like, that's what, like, that's Christy's idea of hardcore is. It's like, Evanescence. New metal. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. and you with an umlaut. There, you have. Don't forget the umlaut, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Remember that umlaut. It's too bad. Like she's got such a good voice, but like that band, fuck my life. That band is terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. Go do something with a decent band. Like the guys in ISIS need a singer. Go fucking join them or something. Yeah. Um, she does have a gorgeous voice, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like she had a great voice, but that fucking band is just like, what a fucking dumpster fire. So, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> cool, Tim, Timothy. Uh, let's see. Is your me. name actually Timothy? Yep, my full name. All right. It's the one that's on right. my business cards. <laughs> For me, it probably like I said, it hasn't been too long since we recorded, so I did. Uh, I'm continuing on my MCU viewing project. Uh, so I watched uh, Iron Man 2 this week, or on the weekend. I need to watch Thor this week. Uh, yeah, this week. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I, I like, it, it's one of the ones that gets a lot of criticism, but I think that it's maybe my best, like, Robert Downey Jr. performance overall, because you get, like, Tony sort of off balance, and, like, he's, you know, become all nihilistic because he thinks he's dying because the uh arc reactors poisoning him and yeah it doesn't have the best villain in per, per se uh oh man sam rockwell is so fucking entertaining oh, no. in that movie he's really good as justin he's hammer so but I, I'm, I'm talking i'm talking mickey roar oh, i want my bird I want my yeah. bird <laughs> where is my bird yeah yeah I no no uh yeah sam rockwell is justin hammer is pretty solid but like uh, he did when he dances coming out on stage i i just smile i don't know why it makes me happy <laughs> and i think I, I read recently that uh sam rockwell was in line to play tony yeah. stark yeah, the studio really wanted him apparently john favreau fought for downey yeah like he really wanted thought robert downey was like the right guy which i mean clearly he was fucking right yeah but, absolutely I mean, Sam Rockwell probably would have been a decent second. Like he was fucking, I like Sam Rockwell a lot. Have you ever seen um, seven psychopaths? Mm, no, you should add that to your list. It is. He's fucking spectacular. In I've like, heard it's really, really, really like, good. Yeah. I really, really like him in, uh, in moon though. Yeah. He was excellent in moon. He's good in everything he does for the most part. He was in this weird movie. My ex made me watch like 14 times, but he was actually really good in it. It's like, Adventureland? No, it was set in a fucking theme park. I yeah, don't Adventure anymore. Adventureland. Yeah, I've, I've seen Adventureland. Like Zombie Land. Was that? But it was Adventureland. Yeah, was it's not about zombies. It's not genre at all. No, it's no, just no. like it's like a drama. But Sam Rockwell's in there as like the kid's mentor or something like that, and he's really good in it. So uh, yeah, I saw Sam Rockwell when I was in New York in October. I think I mentioned that on the podcast. We were nope. just like in the in in the East Village, and he just like walked past us, rocking his dogs, and that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> was fucking awesome. I like that uh, Iron Man too, though. Like the last time I watched it, I was like, I, everybody was because that's the one that everybody like it's the first one that everybody kind of shit on in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it did like gangbusters business, and I don't think it's I think it holds up better than people give it credit for. I mean, it, it is chock a block full of shit, but like now it just feels like world building because it's like we're so far removed from like when it came yeah. out. Everybody was like, oh, it's just too much setup for Avengers. Now I'm just like, that's what I want from this movie is just like get me to the Avengers, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, I don't know. I always feel like that one held up better than a lot of people give it credit for. So yeah, and and I I really enjoyed. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of good back and forth between Tony and Rhodes in it, and uh, I really love the moment when Tony pulls out like the uh, out of his that dad's old stuff, the cap shield that's like half yeah, built, yeah, yeah, and then like uses it just to like prop up the particle accelerator yeah. that he's building, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a good, there's an awesome scene in that where he and Scarlett Johansson are having their first like interaction, 
and they're just staring at each other and yeah. like it cuts back and forth for like six beats and then at the end he's like what and then like I guess they edited it together to look like that, but it just makes him seem like really addled and confused. It's really, for some reason that fucking yeah. scene is the funniest scene in the movie to me. Aside from the yeah, bird. No, they, they have a lot of good back and forth too. So. Romanov and Tony. Yeah. And, and I, I love like the, I really liked the sort of uh, Disney take on Howard Stark and that where yeah. you have like the Stark Expo, like, you know, world world's fair kind of thing. And yeah, it's like the 17th, the 17th actor that's played Howard Stark in the MCU or something <laughs> like that. So like every time, yeah, I, well, he was the first, <laughs> no, there's somebody, in, there's somebody in Iron Man one who played him too. There's like, was there? yeah, there's something, I, th- I think it's just a picture. Just, just in like press or something, yeah, like, something that, like that. But there's a yeah. different image and then it's John Slattery in the second one. And then they obviously switched it to, it's Dom, is it Dominic Monaghan who plays him in? Uh, no. no, no, not Monaghan. That's, He's uh, uh, it's it's the it's the guy that plays yeah. preacher. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's the guy who plays preacher. Dominic shit. No, I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, Monaghan is Mary from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay. It's Dominic. It's, it is Dominic, I think, but I can't remember his last name. Either way, yeah. So then it's that guy, and they bounce back and forth like 14 times over the course of it. And I don't think it was him in yeah. Civil War. I don't like. Was it Slattery in Civil War? Now I'm trying to remember. This is riveting. Um, this is riveting podcasting. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I. Do not remember. It's been a while since I watched it. So yeah. anyway, so you're like you're still doing the the week to week thing, then that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm three I'm three weeks in now. This is the fourth week. So I, before you know, so before this weekend, I need to watch uh, Thor, Thor yeah. and then it'll be First Avenger, and then the Avengers, and then I'll be done Phase One. Nice, nice. That, that's crazy. I'm like, because that's like a three or four year process getting those movies the first time, kind of thing. Like it was. It took, <laughs> well, what was it? Two thousand and. Eight was the first one, and then Avengers uh, was... 2007 or 2008 yeah, eight was, was Iron Man. was the first Iron Man, yeah, and then I think 2009 was uh, Incredible Hulk, Hulk and, and then 2010 2. was Iron Man 2. No, I think Iron Man... Yes, no, you know what? Uh, Hulk and Iron Man came out the same year. They came out, like, within a month. Okay, so they both came out And then it was, like, then. two years, I think, till Iron Man 2 came out, and then it was, like, boom, boom, boom. Because, like, Avengers is, what, 2012? 2011? I think so. Like that. Yeah. But either way, yeah... Now it's like we get fucking four of them a year. Like it's yeah. craziness. Totally craziness. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving along. My geek of the week. I have two kind of things. So I, we talked last week that I didn't really super like the first episode of the X-Files. So I kind of stalled out and wasn't doing it. I did catch up. I'm enjoying it much more than I was. Um, we were kind of chatting about it before the episode. <laughs> this week's episode in particular is a Darren Morgan episode who did like Jose Chung's uh, From Outer Space and like a couple other like the weirder kind of like campy episodes. He did those and he did this week's episode and it's like, it's a little social commentary heavy, like a lot of like truthy, truthiness kind of (laughs) stuff going on, but it was very entertaining, especially when you start getting to the uh, Mulder screaming about how he was the like OG conspiracy fucking master or whatever. Like it was, he starts screaming at people in fucking uh, underground parking lot. They spend like half the episode in underground parking garage, like doing like deep throat, like conversations (laughs) and shit like that. But it gets really ridiculous as people just keep wandering in while they're doing it and stuff. It's super <laughs> funny. Those are those are some yeah. of the best uh, X Files yeah. episodes. Was where they don't take themselves too seriously. And like one of the, I think maybe the best episode of the last season was the one with the uh, like creature yeah, in Black yeah. Lagoon, which the same uh, the same guy Darren Morgan wrote that one too. So it's like they have him come back yeah. like once a season and write like some bizarre weird comedy episode, and then he just disappears again into like. I don't know. I think he's like the Unabomber or some shit like that. He just goes hides in a shack until the X-Files <laughs> calls him to like write us a weird episode. So I wish other people would call him. It'd be like really awesome to see him be like, why don't you come on and like do an episode of The Flash and do something fucking weird in the DCEU or something like that just to have him have that vibe else, like try that vibe elsewhere because it works well in the X-Files. I'd be curious to see how his 
writing style of works elsewhere, but he doesn't do anything except for the X-Files. So I don't know what else huh. he does. Yeah, I don't know what he does for a living in between. Like, I can't live off the royalties of that anymore, right? So, anyway, <laughs> yeah. but the other thing was, and this is like, because we don't talk about it a lot. I think it's it's, it's always interesting to bring it up because I was like the, the blank stares on your guys' faces was this Monday night was the 25th anniversary of WWE Raw. So for some reason, mm-hmm. after I finished editing this, I decided to download it just to see because I figured old like old guys would show up and they start to show off perfectly. It's exactly what you want from like going back into well, having watched like I haven't watched Raw in years and it starts up and Stephanie and Shane McMahon are out in the ring and they're thanking everybody and they bring their old man out. and he, Vince comes out swaggering like a jackass, just like he did in 1998. And like I knew what was happening immediately, but I was just enjoying the nostalgia like rush of it so much because he comes out and just goes full heel and starts ranting about how he created everything and he didn't need any help to do it. And none of the wrestlers deserve any credit, which it's like, I know the glass is going to shatter now, but it was just fun to actually hear the glass shatter and see Stone Cold Steve Austin like tromp down the fucking ramp and scream at Vince and give him a stunner, <laughs> give Shane a stunner, then give Vince a stunner and then drink 18 beers and then give Shane a stunner again and then fuck off without saying anything. <laughs> it was pretty entertaining, but I didn't watch the rest of the show and it was fucking horrible. So I don't know what goes on with WWE sometimes where they're like, yeah, we're going to do this huge anniversary show and bring all our old superstars back, but we're not going to give you any reason to want to come back and continue to watch our product the next week because the rest of the episode was complete garbage they started off super strong with like their biggest superstar ever coming out and then they just shit the bed for the rest of the night and i was like that was well worth and they they brought back the undertaker yeah too, but you just talked they? about nothing and then didn't say anything it was like it was really weird it was a really weird like and that fucking raw is three hours long now right so with the, with and plus overrun sometimes mm-hmm. and it overran 15 minutes this week so it's like a three hour and 15 minute show that even with commercial breaks is still like an excruciating experience to get through most weeks. Cause it's just too long for wrestling. Nobody wants to watch three hours of wrestling a week. I, I don't know. How anybody- I don't know how anybody can keep up with it, but especially not on a fucking like Monday night. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like a <laughs> this huge thing. I remember like going, like I was nuts for it and like watching the two hours and like getting the whole overrun and stuff. But now I'm like, three hours and like a commercial break every fucking three minutes in the middle of a match. I'm just like, I'm done. I can't fucking do it anymore. This is too much for me. Yeah. But I did, I did want to see it just cause I'm like, I know somebody huge is going to come back and do something goofy. And of course they had stone cold come right out at the top of the show <laughs> and do it. And I was like, well, that gave me a nostalgia boner. I'm good to go. <laughs> then they proceeded to just fucking kill it over the next like three and a half hours of bullshit. So. But I'll probably be talking about it again because I'm supposed to go on Sunday night to watch the Royal Rumble with my cousin, which is just mm. an excuse for us to gamble and drink. But I mean, <laughs> it'll be entertaining nonetheless. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, under an hour before we get to meet of the episode, we're doing wow, very that well. Never no, we're doing very well this week. So we should keep our news like that that quick. I like going through it fast, but sometimes we get yeah. into conversations and shit, and it, that's that's what we're here for is to you know shoot the shit right. True. Indeed. Shit shit has been shot. Shot the shit, shit, shot. Okay, do your sting, fuckers. Come on. Meat of the episode. <laughs> running meat. Well, not really. Like they didn't do run a lot of running meat. this season. So. <laughs> they didn't fucking run away till the last ep- the last episode of the season. There was, there was a runaway there was a runaway in the very first episode. Yeah, she didn't run very far though. And now she no. she couldn't run after a little while in that show, so so we've decided that uh, this week we haven't reviewed anything in a little while which actually when christy you said that i was like that's bullshit we just reviewed last jedi like a month ago but a month that's a month ago 
I know it's been a month since we reviewed something. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about Runaways this week. Uh, all of us have caught up. I've caught up. That was I think I was the one holding us back for the most for the first time ever. It was me who was just like not yeah. interested in finishing it. So <laughs> just funny because it's a fucking Marvel yeah, thing. It's a Marvel thing. And it's a book that I actually quite enjoyed back in the day. So we're gonna be talking about Runaways tonight. So why don't we just go around and kind of give our overall thoughts? And actually, but first, before I do that, have either of you read the comic? I have it. I haven't read all of it. Nope. And Tim, that was a no? Nope. I have not read any of it. Okay. I have the first one, I should say. The first. The first volume. First trade. Yeah. So, Runaways was a comic in 2003, created by Brian K. Vaughn. Did you almost say Brian Michael Bendis? I did, actually. (laughs) I always used to get them confused. They have a very similar writing style, so they both both always get assigned to write kids, which is weird, but... So, yeah, it's Brian, Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfano, who was the penciler on the book, uh, created Runaways in 2003 for Marvel. It was a like it was kind of a limited series and it's been kind of ongoing since then. Like they the first series series ended after it's eight, 17 issues or 18 issues. And then they kind of rebooted it right away. And with the new number one, because Marvel mm. and <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's on like its fifth series now or some it's shit. Like, yeah, there's a new one all the time and there's a bunch of what ifs. I was going, I was looking, I, I actually went back after I finished the series last night and reread the first like 24-ish issues I think I got through before we started recording. And I was like, ooh, they, it is a brisk, brisk run through of the story compared to what the TV show was. So my, my, my opinion on it still probably might be a little everybody else but what did you guys think about it tim you want to start i've been really enjoying it so far not having the context of the original story i didn't really know what to expect but overall i've i've just been it's it's definitely a very different take on sort of superhero tv than what we've had in that it is almost just like a sort of like the the super heroics are almost secondary to everything else kind of thing like it's just kind of a story about some kids that get caught up in some shit and it didn't remind you of anything you used to watch back in the day not particularly interesting what are you alluding to smallville (laughs) mainly it just it felt like the Uh, first it felt like the first couple seasons of smallville to me not as like campy but like it definitely had um i i mean it's smallville always felt a little bit more and i'll get a little bit more into this later but a little bit more like sort of stilted and and you know cwe kind of thing like yeah. it was a little more of that like teenage drama whereas this felt like just a lot more real to me for the most part like it it didn't feel quite as forced and and felt a little bit more natural uh, in terms of sort of the interactions between the characters and that kind of thing and it wasn't maybe as sort of sanitized as the dccw stuff tends to be okay fair enough i just like i thought the yeah. over, my overall take was just like well this is cwee i guess i think that's because i was expecting i've heard so many comparisons to the netflix shows that when i yeah, got into it that. then when i got into it i was like oh this feels like a cw show in comparison but it's closer to a cw show than it is to a Net- marvel netflix show but but no i've been greatly enjoying it first season uh it's i've i've had a couple sort of weak spots with it but for the most part it's been really interesting and nice to have something that's sort of just different than all the other superhero TV we've been getting lately. Cool. Christy, what did, uh, what was your overall take on it? Um, I thought it suffered from Luke Cage syndrome. Oh, is that what we're calling that now? Yes. I thought, <laughs> I honestly, I think that's just, I think that should just be Netflix syndrome. Cause like every Netflix show yeah, has that now. I feel it was like. really, really good for the first, like, five six episodes and then went 
my opinion. Like it was okay. Mark messaged us last night, Tim and I, and said like, how many fucking dances and like scenes where they just look across the room at each other like they want to bang? Can we see? And like I just couldn't by the end. I was like the Gert and Chase thing. Chase thing. I was like boo and like save it for season two. <laughs> And, like, Gert having this, like, real strong connection with her dino buddy that she'd met and, like, not been terrified of for, like, three days. It was like, okay, everybody, calm down. She doesn't need an emotional dinosaur. It's my first day without my emotional dinosaurs. But, like, you've had the... You've- well, there's there's a reason for that, though. What? The dinosaur is, like, engineered to be, like, biosympathetic to her. Well, they didn't get into that in the TV show as much, not but in the, in the comic, she's psychically linked. Like, the, the dinosaur actually responds to her thought commands. It's not verbal commands. Yeah. It's And like, so, like, it, and, the, and like if she feels pain, the dinosaur feels yeah. pain and vice versa and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. See, if they described that, then great. I would have been super happy about it. But here's the thing. They didn't. I, I agree. she's been <laughs> alive for 17 years without this goddamn dinosaur. So, like, yeah. See, I do get that, but the fact that they didn't over-explain things and over-exposition things is one of the things that I really liked about it. Because at this point, we've had so many superhero shows. Nobody's like, you know, you see a girl that's got powers and you're not spending like half an hour on how she got the powers kind of thing. It's just like, all right, she's got powers, moving on kind of thing. So Yeah, but you can do that and still kind of like at least clean up the context of your world building. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which There's I, a yeah. balance. Yeah, which I think they I think they did kind of like there was some spots where like they dropped the ball in terms of like explaining how these things work kind of thing. Like even just if it's yeah. offhand. Like they did a pretty good job with uh Nico's mom. Yeah, I thought so too. Which I have a side note about. Like I have a note about her, but that's kind of separate. That she kind of explained how the wand worked, which took away the magic and I was like Oh, it's tech. Like it. That was leg- like the yeah. the books are really interesting. Like it's interesting the way they adapted the book because like the original book was like eight couples and each of them had a very distinct like super yeah. villain kind of role. Like there was a pair. Like there's a pair of aliens like in the show, and then there's like the the gangster couple, and then so they're human, and then a pair of time travelers, and which they don't have in the show at and all. That's, and that's. That's Gert and and Molly's mother. No, no, or Molly. Gert's mother. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. In the comic, in the comic, it's Gert. It's Gert's parents are the time yeah. travelers because that's how they get the dinosaur they, in the yeah, comics. They, they it's make not, the dinosaur in the future. Yeah, they make the dinosaur in the eighty fifth century or something like that and bring it back with them. And then what else? What did I say? So there's wizards, gangsters, wizards, the aliens, aliens, aliens are. Is that? Uh, is that uh, Carolina's parents? Yes. Her parents are aliens. I mean, I guess they kind of are in this show. Well, one of them is anyway. But like in the in the comic, they're both aliens. It's weird the way they characterize the parents in the sh- like they all the parents in the show actually had their own distinct personalities. Whereas in the comic, they're not as actually they're not they're barely characters. They're more just kind of like in the background kind of. Thing. Yeah, they're not fleshed out. And so like the parents both kind of have like a matching like person. Like they just kind of run together all the time. So it's like this is the mutant couple and they do mutiny things and this is the time traveling couple. So they just talk shit about timelines and stuff. And then there's the fucking alien, like there's like the alien set and there's the gangster set and there's like this, that and the other thing. So when it gets to the show, it's like, Oh, they didn't really like delineate it quite as as like cleanly. So there's just Mm -hmm. more like characters bouncing off of each other. Like all the drama that happens with the parents in the show, barely, well, there's some of it, but it doesn't exist the same way as it does 
in the show. It's more just like they're super villains, so they're just scheming against each other and trying to kill each other and stuff like that. So whatever, because like the actual plot's way different. So, but that's why, like, I just found myself the the beginning plot was so interesting. Like with all that, I kept waiting for them to be super villains. Yeah, and. It just never progressed to that. Like, I, I get that they were loving parents, but there was so much repetition in those final three, three and a half episodes. And like, I just, uh, I was so, I, there were moments when I was yelling at the screen, like, come on, we know. Yeah. yeah, I had the same, I had the same experience, which is why you guys got yelled at yeah. while I was baked last night and watching it and just being like, <laughs> fucking CW dance scenes. Like, I can't do this anymore. I've watched yeah. like six of them. It's like every second episode has like this day where everybody's going to gussied up and they're all going to go to a room and they're all I mean, going to stare at each other longingly yeah. from across the room. I'm just like, uh, like that their families all do seem to be like sort of high society yeah. so i mean i guess that's somewhat justified but i agree it was a little excessive that's why like they were just in it, it was just it devolved into a teen drama in the final yeah, very episodes, quickly very quickly like the fact that Kurt and chase had sex yeah. and she was like he was like i never did you were never invisible to me she's like i know i'm like no you didn't no you didn't you thought he was. You thought you were invisible. Hold on. This isn't even about. The, why are we even talking about this? Why am I even like caring? I got. And I, I. I'm not sure if it's in that. It's that or if it's in the comic. But like they like an hour. Oh, it's, it is in the show. It's like an hour later. She's giving him shit because he's not talking to her. I'm like they're fighting yeah, for their lives. I, like it's hour. been an hour. You fucked an hour ago. Yeah. Like. What do you want to do? Like, are we not going to talk about this? Yeah. I'm like, when has there been time to talk about it? You guys are literally like. But I feel. I felt like that was. Like, it's pretty realistic, though, because that's, like, how teenage minds work, right? Like, that becomes your whole fucking world at that point. Like, oh, my God, this is the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. I need to process this right now kind of thing rather than, you know, us in, like, our 20s or whatever, 20s or 30s where we're like, okay, yeah, we, I've we done wish that we were still in before. our 30s, Tim. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I was just was just too baked and I'm maybe just too big now to remember my teens anymore but i like i was like god you guys are annoying like this is why i didn't have a lot of friends in high school isn't it (laughs) i couldn't handle it i couldn't handle i was getting so tired of it i was like can we just move past the teen drama (laughs) all right so we've got our overall i think we got a pretty good impression of our overall feelings before we go nuts um and start ripping it apart as is the dance robot dance way what did you like about the show Either of you just bounce right in there. Come on. <laughs> I, I thought the first, I thought the writing was great for the beginning episodes. I yeah. thought it had some great buildup. I thought that there was a lot of really like, like you said, it, it was different. It wasn't, you know, focused on the powers because I like that some of them don't have powers. Though I still have a feeling, is one of them psychic? No. Well, not in the book. Anyway. Well, Gert, Gert might kind of be, I guess. Gert, I guess, but yeah. only, but only with old lace. I feel like they never really play it up in the comic. I think yeah. the only time they really do any psychic stuff that I can remember, and even just rereading it, was Nico using the staff to kind of do magic mm-hmm. psychic stuff. So mm-hmm. actually, it was, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, the other stuff I liked was that I liked the relationships they were building. I liked that there was there's a lesbian relationship, and that that wasn't like they weren't afraid to show that. And, yeah. I thought there was, and, and that they, but they also didn't like dwell on it, yeah, right? Like it was just like, okay, these kids are, yeah, these these are young kids. They're trying to sort of like figure themselves out, figure out their sexual identities and stuff like yeah. that. I was really happy to see like you know sort of teenagers that weren't just written completely asexual. Yeah, exactly. And that was something that it, there was no, like it wasn't like, oh my god, you like wait, ugh, why can't I remember their names right now? I got pulled up. Base. No, it was, it's just like the, the, 
Nico and yeah, Alex. Um, it, it wasn't about her being a woman like, oh, so are you a lesbian now? It was just like, I've wanted to kiss you for a really long time. And that was it. There wasn't like a discussion about it. It was just that Alex likes Nico and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, man, I just went on Wiki and found a really bad spoiler. God damn it. What? Spoiler? I'm not going to tell you. It's a spoiler. <laughs> I've read the... I've, from from the comics, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Yeah, because the they're way, show. way, way outside what's going on. Well, so. apparently Alex dies. Yeah, spoilers. He actually he betrays them and dies really? in the comic. Spoilers. So, like, way I think way off in the future. Yeah, from where well, we are I was now. thinking of uh, Carolina. <laughs> actually, in the in the comic, it would be like seventeen, number seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So it like it's All pretty right. like by this point they would have this should have happened probably yeah. already but um, or getting close to it but yeah. no i was thinking of carolina and nico um yeah yeah oh like, yeah just, yeah it's just like it's comic accurate like they do have a little like yeah in the original comic they have like there's like a little moment between them and then like nico wasn't sure if she actually feels like like is either bi or lesbian or whatever they apparently now in the comic i haven't read this far in but like apparently now they actually are like starting to have like a real romance but this is might be in reaction to the tv show it's hard to say because it's like happening like concurrently with the tv show running Mm. so well i guess the the last thing i'll say is that i did at first really i really did enjoy the characters i thought they were interesting and kind of like a like tim was saying earlier a unique take where it wasn't about the powers so much as it was about them discovering the darkness that was within everybody and i thought that was that was an interesting take mm. but well, well we'll see where it goes i don't know <laughs> tim what did you think or what did you like but i i would agree i was pretty happy with the writing overall the kids overall seemed pretty sort of natural they were dealing with pretty like relevant issues even though you know they're sort of in a super powered universe or whatever it felt more like just a show about a bunch of like kids that were sort of trying to find their identities you know understanding their place in the world kind of thing but against the backdrop of, you know, a sinister scheme by their parents kind of thing. I really like the interaction between the parents mm-hmm. and their kids. I felt that like that was pretty like genuine. There was a lot of pretty natural moments where it was kids trying to relate relate to the parents and vice versa. I like that there's a lot of different types of families. You know, you've got the adopted families, you've got the families where they're nothing, you know, it's not completely perfect where there's some tension in between i mean they're all the families are dealing with their own sort of issues there's you know either like abuse or you've got like the tiger mom or you've got like neglect and adoption and infidelity all playing in there kind of thing which is very much like the 21st century family i I agree i like the family dynamics yeah and because it's not too heavily focused on the powers themselves when they do get a chance to get more into that, they have more budget to put towards it. So the effects for a TV show especially have been pretty good. I would go as far as to say they might be the best like TV superhero effects that we've seen so far. I, I'm struggling to think of anything on TV that's been much better. I think it's got about the same level of production as like the Netflix shows, more or less. But the Netflix shows, no, nobody has like real... You know, they're, they're they're like super strong kind of thing, but you don't really need like effects to show that. It's mostly yeah. like in camera stuff, right? It's not, yeah, not for much sure. Post. And they, I, that was one of the things that I did enjoy. There was a couple shots of Old Lace, which is the Velociraptor, whatever, familiar mm-hmm. for Gert, that some of the compositing on the CG model was definitely like, whew, like that's not ideal, but it was no better or worse than. Anything. Well, a lot of it, a lot of 
<laughs> yes, and those it. those shots look good, but like when they you see it, like when it was crawling across the yeah. rooftops and stuff, I was like, okay, yeah, that's clearly mm-hmm. CG, and they could have used like another passive like blurring and compositing to get it like a little bit cleaner in that frame, but. Yeah, it wasn't any better or worse than something you would see on like see like a, like on the Flash or something like that. So, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's I like that it's a show where the powers have consequences, like Molly getting really tired after she exerts herself and that kind of thing. That is nice to see in something you don't. I think it's it's more common in comics now, but it's just it hasn't quite made its way to like the sort of more pop culture idea of superheroes. I hate Molly. I'm sorry. I. <laughs> she's not the best character overall yeah actually that i was she was the (laughs) the one thing that i was like out of because for the most part i'm pretty happy with the casting there's a couple spots like some of the parents and more of the secondary parents like there's always kind of like the lead parent and then like the other parent that doesn't have as much to do and it's usually the other parent where i'm like yeah that actor fucking sucks or like that actress sucks but the for molly especially because her character her character is really popular uh in the comic and is very like she's very much like the She's actually portrayed a little bit younger and is way more bouncy, like just fun and like always talking and kind of in the middle of everything and mm-hmm. kind of a goof and stuff like that. So she's way more entertaining. Yeah, it might just be that that's a, a harder character to translate yeah. to screen to live action. And but I agree, like her performance is probably the is is one of is probably the weakest out of the kids. Ugh, she's terrible. <laughs> I didn't want to rip on her right away, but I friggin um, hate her. All right. <laughs> uh and then and then the other thing i wanted to say is that i i'll agree that it had some pacing issues towards the end of the season but i thought it was pretty well paced overall i have a real pet peeve against slow burn stories that just lose me like you know they try and take like three or four issues or three or four episodes to really get to anything and this i thought there is still a lot of unanswered questions but it gave us enough as we went along kind of thing that i I still stayed engaged for the most part i thought it was a little padded in spots yeah i think my problem was like i'm comparing it to the book i read right when and when i went back and reread runaways like last night i was like it's very brisk like they don't fucking like there's a lot of fluff in the tv show that kind of serves to add drama and like mm-hmm. adds a little like more texture to what's going on and gives everybody something to do. Also, like that was the one thing that the TV show is really good at is mm-hmm. getting in there and being able to like give all because that's a there's a fuck ton of characters in this show. Like, yeah, it's like it is. Yeah, it's a big ensemble cast. And it's actually bigger in the comic technically, but like because the Molly's parents aren't dead in the comic, they're just they're a pair of mutants, which is interesting because like they didn't they didn't really talk about what she is in the show like they kind of imply that it's based on those rocks that they're digging up that gave her the powers but they Mm -hmm. didn't really like say anything which could be they could have been in production and being like this marvel fox thing might happen like let's just leave it ambiguous so that like next season they can be like oh wait she's one of the mutants like she should be on the x-men because that's kind of what happens to her character in the like the fallout of the original story is that she ends up in one of the xavier schools because she's a, a young mutant with no family right so she gets scooped yeah. up and is kind of well. She doesn't become an X Men, obviously, but like she gets recruited by one of the uh, X Corp buildings, the one of the ones in San Francisco. So, so it's a little. It's, there's some differences in there. I did like want to shout out like most of the casting and most of the acting, like good. But most of it. There was yeah, a couple. For the most part, three that stood out. Yeah, Molly was like really stand out, and then the the Asian dad. Oh, but he was so hot. Oh my god. Yeah, he's kind of weak. And like the woman he was having an affair with, like those two, I was like, okay, let's get rid of him. Where she's yeah. supposed to be all like meek and mousy kind of thing. 
Yeah. And then they did a weird thing where like they took James Marsters. Like, could he only do like three episodes or something? Because it's like he's in like a bunch of episodes <laughs> yeah. and then just like gets put in a box. And it's like, why? Why? Because he, he's like, well, I mean, to me anyway, like he's the first, like I recognize him. He's right? the only name drawn on the cast. Yeah, exactly. So like he's the one I recognize. And I'm like, oh, fuck, sweet spikes here. And it's like he's there for yeah. a couple episodes and he's pretty good. Like he's doing a, some different stuff. And then they put him in a, like they shoot him and put him in a box. And I was like, oh, well, now I don't care about any of the parents because the one that I know <laughs> is kind of gone, which is like a shitty thing way to look at it. But it's like you've only done a couple episodes. Like a lot of the time, a lot of investment comes from like, I recognize that actor. So I want to watch him yeah. and, like be part of the team. Uh, and I didn't know. I still like the the crunchy hippie parents. I did too. He's he's funny. And that woman, Bridget, that's her name, Bridget Brana. Yeah, Bridget Brana. She was in a couple episodes of Angel. Yeah. Mm. Oh my Yorks. I was all about that that dad though. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Anyway, sorry. Which dad? Dale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Dale. Yeah. Good hair. I like his hair. I was like, right, I was right into that guy's hair. I was like, <laughs> that is fucking impressive hair. And he's he's with that like he's with the uh, that redhead who I just like. Ever since she was on Angel, I've had like a huge crush on her. So she looks like Miss Frizzle. The like what came to life. He, yeah, you should you should Google her and just like see her like a like maybe not frumped down a little bit because they really like downplay her her figures ridiculous and they really like layer her up so you can't see it and i was just like oh because at first i recognized her i'm like why do i not like why am i not placing her it's like oh because i can't see the rest of her because the rest of her is what i remember which is really sexist and shitty to say but i was like she's so hot so as a side note tim do you have a hickey on your neck (laughs) ah no (laughs) mark already made reference to it it's uh, like based razor burn more or less for Uh i was wearing them Wearing a suit today, oh, and, uh, and I said exactly the same. You're not saying anything original right now. I already made these jokes. Yeah. <laughs> well. well, anyway, sorry. You were saying- Either way, before we get into casting, there is a, there is a fun note, like not not a fun note, but it's like an MCU kind of weird note, like one of these things that happens because of all these productions happening in a million different places. Um, the character of uh, Tina Minoru, the the mom, the tiger mom actually was in Doctor Strange. Yeah. So like it was a mi- in a minor role as a master of the mystic arts portrayed by Linda Louise Duan, who I have oh. to know who she was. But then the producers were just like, you can, they didn't actually name her by name in anything except I think the credits. So they just recap. They were like, you can recast her, but she is in the comic. She got the staff from Dormammu. It's not like a tech thing. Like it's actually magic. So she, it was powered by what is ostensibly Doctor Strange's mortal enemy. Right. So mm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So she was the other one that I kind of, like. She was the one, the other one that I liked, like yeah. as a character a lot. Interesting. Um, was probably the one that I probably followed, like the through line that I followed through the most. Was she was the best actress out of the like parents, yeah. especially. She had the most to do too, so there was that too. But she really, I thought she was this like actually probably the overall, parents. I think she was the strongest one on the show. Mm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed her. Like it was just the mm. way she had to play up the figuring out that her daughter was dead and like trying to keep her family together and all the, the stuff that she was doing to mm. kind of move the plot forward. And I, stuff. Mean, I, I thought she had a lot of heavy lifting to do. I, I was okay with her. Not really. I like, think Nico's in perf- love. the girl that played Nico had maybe some of the best, uh, perf- the best performance overall. Uh, that's true. Or with Tina, really? I, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed with, with which one with Tina or Nico. I like them both. I don't know. She, Tina was like crying behind dumpsters. That's your thing, Christy. How dare you? How dare you? Or Nico was. Is <laughs> <laughs> the emo crying behind dumpsters girl. Why, why you be that guy? <laughs> yeah. But no, I I think my favorite performances were 
Gert's parents. They were definitely hamming it up. Yeah. Yeah. They were just fun. I, I thought that that was like, I get that there were, there were some like really intense emotional moments that were well acted, but overall I found them the most enjoyable. Yeah. They were the most entertaining pair on screen. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure. Like they just because, been a lot, good, good back and forth. I mean, they're goofy. Like, they were good little actors too. Like, you know what I mean? Like that sounds so fucking diminutive, but like, they're just they good little actors, good little actors. but they're just like, you could tell they were having fun playing scenes yeah. together and stuff. Like they were just, mm-hmm. they seemed to have bonded really quick, which was some of the other couples didn't like, I mean, it worked for the, the Japanese couple, like the Minoru couple, because you could, they were supposed to be strained and stuff like that. And then obviously it works for Spike's family. I can't remember what the fucking character's name is supposed uh, to be. So I'm just going to call him Spike from now on. Steins. Steins, right? It worked for it worked for the Steins because he's supposed to be an abusive piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny though because he's really bulky compared to how, like the comic guys are very like slight, scrawny, like nerd guy, and then they've got uh, James Marsters who like he's put on some weight since the Spike days, yeah, for sure. But he looks like he doesn't look like fat. He looks like beefy, like he's been working out. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it like when he was hitting his son, I was like, oh fuck, like you do some damage. Like in the comic, you kind of take it as yeah. a joke because there's a big. Uh, they really juxtapose the fact like Chase is very jockey and a lot bigger than his dad. So when his dad backhands him, he like kind of laughs it off. Like you can't hurt me anymore. I'm 17 and like a fucking lacrosse player. You know what I mean? And his dad's just like yeah. this nerdy, like inventor, but he still like hates him and shit. Cause he's beating him and whatnot. But mm-hmm. it, it was a weird like recast, but I was happy. It was cause I like James Marsters a lot. And it's always kind of cool to see him show up in something genre. I wish he'd gotten into a Marvel thing that was a little bit bigger than this, I guess. Cause I thought he could be used. I mean, it has been, well, his role hasn't been huge yeah. so far, but uh, I mean, in terms of the show itself, it's been pretty big so far. Yeah, true. I guess it's just, I feel like, I think my big problem was like this, sh- this, this show is not for me, I guess is what I'm like my overall takeaway from yeah. it. Yeah. So I would, I would see somebody that I like as much as I like James Marston or that I have that much history with because of Spike be in something that I'm going to get mm-hmm. really invested in. Whereas this is just kind of like. Yeah, I'm watching it because it's Marvel and like every like we want to talk about it and blah blah blah. But I just wasn't that invested in the story, I guess anymore. So yeah. yeah. Also, this is I've read the, I read the story 15 years ago, so like this isn't new to me anymore. So mm-hmm. so there was that. But let's move. Like you want to guys, you guys want to get into it? Like what did you not care for? Ugh, Molly. Because <laughs> here, Tim here. Why don't we start with Tim? Because he'll be a little bit more even-handed before Christy and I go berserk and start cutting up on it. (laughs) There wasn't too much I didn't like. There was some, like, heavy-handed stuff. And I'll agree that there were some pacing issues towards the end of the season. The main issues I had with it... Let's see. There were some, like, pretty substantial plot holes. Like, the one that jumped out at me, I was just re-watching the first few episodes this afternoon, and uh, was like... There was a dinosaur in the fucking the Yorks's basement, and clearly the girls have been like feeding those animals down there for a while, but just never yeah. noticed that there was a fucking dinosaur in their basement. Yeah, that's a plot hole that has as a holdover from the comics because something very similar, like it's a very similar like thing where they're like, oh, the dinosaur just shows up, and they're like, where did the dinosaur come yeah. from? And it's like. <laughs> yeah. We didn't like like that hedgehog. I think the hedgehog speech where they're like, I don't remember a hedgehog, and they're like. Oh well, he's pretty new, or some bullshit like that's pretty much right out of the comic, from what I remember. Yeah. And it's like, oh <laughs> man, guys, just like, just well, you shouldn't have like hang a lampshade on the fact that you've left a giant plot hole open. So <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of hard to miss. Like this is seven foot tall fucking velociraptor, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, and it's like a huge How room in the back of the fucking yeah. basement. So <laughs> the big like, hey, you don't just miss that. You don't just miss it. <laughs> you don't just miss like the big. Uh, it's more like the hatch. Like, how do you not like the escape hatch? Like, when if you're a kid, you're gonna be like, the fucks through here because like 
Yeah. I'm 36, and if I saw a hatch at the back of a room, I'd be like, oh, I wonder what's in there. Like, oh, plants and shit. Yeah. Is that a velociraptor? Like, I would at least look, but like these kids didn't look. Like, who? Yeah, exactly. And especially, like I said, like th- there was a whole like most self interested kids. Yeah, there's a whole back and thing bet- uh, forth between Gert and Molly about like who's going to have to feed the animals. So obviously, this is something that they do on a regular basis and just never noticed that there was this huge secure room in the back that had a fucking extinct animal in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. That was a little weird for me, so, yeah. Besides that, I mean, yeah, the, the, we already sort of shone a light on some of the weaker performances, so I don't really feel like I need to go too much into that. The only other thing that, that really jumped out at me was, that I haven't actually mentioned, was there, there was some pretty obtrusive product placement. Uh, like, the, the Lyft one in particular yes. jumped out at me multiple times. Like, any, you know, it's not like they say, like, let's, you know, get a ride share, get an Uber or whatever. Like, every time it was very much, like, let's get a lift and like they would show them in a lift. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go yeah. wait for my lift. And they would like, like show them so driving yeah. and like clearly like the fucking like little lift sticker was on the car or whatever. And yeah, I mean, I, I understand it's a streaming service. They got to get their money somehow, but that was pretty, pretty took me out of it a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those were the the biggest couple for me that we hadn't already sort of mentioned yeah i didn't have a whole lot that, that really that to gripe about on this one mm, fair enough chrissy do you have anything else well uh do you want do you want to rant like i can let you rant yes, for a minute i want to rant all right go crazy well i don't know okay so like I said, I think what frustrated me was that again this reminded me of luke cage and that the fact that i was so jazzed by the first few episodes i was like this is really cool writing this is some new like interesting stuff that they're doing i loved the parent relationships i thought that it was the story fell to string i could get past molly's shitty <laughs> acting because everyone else was keeping it interesting and like i liked that gert wasn't with chase i i thought that it was interesting to see i i would have liked to see a bit more depth to the emotional roller coaster that was going on because all of a sudden it's like the producers went oh shit we've spent six and a half episodes on all of this like working up to them actually running away and they haven't run away and that's what the show is called and fuck okay let's rush it let's go come on people how do we make this work how do we get Gert and Chase together how do we get everybody together each but everybody gets a little bit of an episode but you gotta you gotta make it happen real quick now and it was just the same thing with Luke Cage, where in the end of the second season, he was like, I'm your brother. And everyone was like, oh, you're not even as good of a villain as Cottonmouth. Let's get out. <laughs> For this, I felt like it was just the same thing. Like the parents all of a sudden were just like, where are my kids? Where are my kids at? And Jonah was like, hey, I'm a badass. And yeah, they ran away and run credits. Yeah, seriously. Do you know where your kids are? I fucking <laughs> hated the Jonah character like that. Julie McMahon, like, oh, he's. <laughs> The worst, like he was the worst thing on that show for me. Like I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, this is- it is kind of. I guess it is another example of a not super compelling Marvel villain. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I didn't, I, and I really thought like uh, it's weird because like the the comic book Big Bad are uh, they make allusions to it because they call him the the Jaborum that that name pops up like in the background of a couple things in the series, but like in the book they're actual like giants that are using the sacrifices to repower themselves that are going to like actually cause the apocalypse and stuff like that. And it's like a much bigger kind of like Marvel universe story. Whereas this is just like, so like, what, what are they doing? Like, I don't understand what, like what the actual 
motivating factor for them is aside from just like they we this crazy guy kind of conned us all into being evil like that's kind of what the plot yeah. feels like yeah, there's now was, we're stuck and yeah now we're stuck which is a little bit more realistic the co- within the comic where they all just kind of like what ends up happening is these like godlike jaborum guys are like we'll give you 25 years of like sacrifice well it's like 25 years of yeah but like they'll use their powers to enhance these like yeah. the, the parents prosperity for 25 years and, and they get prosperity yeah. for 25 years and then at the end of it half of them in the comic is supposed to be like half of them are killed and the other half are brought forward and like elevated to this new world or whatever but then they all decide to have kids and like they decide that all their kids will be the ones that get to go forward with the jaborum and it's yeah. the whole like fucking thing but the show is like I didn't really know what the the impetus for them being like this kind of mob was like they never really explained super well. Yeah, that is sort of an unanswered question. I did get the feeling that it was sort of similar. Like you know, he helped them all to be successful, and that's why they're all like pretty successful in their careers and stuff now. And and now and now it's time to pay the piper kind of thing. Yeah, but it just didn't give any indication of like he didn't really do anything aside from like turn into one of the glowing aliens mm-hmm. that. No. Showed that he would have and enough fought power. His daughter. Yeah, like, fought his daughter to like it didn't show him having enough power to really help them that much. So I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like I don't understand why all this is weird. But I have more to say. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I have more to say. Okay, go ahead. So yeah. Just speaking to that, it pissed me off that like her uh, he was so easy to manipulate what's her name's dad, Carolina. She, he was just like, Oh, okay, I guess guess I believe you now. Here's some Healy gloves and now you're my servant. <laughs> I also, my Mark and I were talking about this earlier, about how there was this big hype for their powers, you know, like it wasn't the fixation, but it was like this building thing. And then all of a sudden it was just like, Tim, stop being on Facebook. <laughs> I haven't updated our social media in a bit. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I do it all the time. But yeah. Uh, and then they led up to this powers. It's all these like little hidden gems in the opening segment that we see every episode. And then it was just like squandered in that last epi- like episode and a half. I'm using halves because it, like, <laughs> it just felt like that. But they all have the standoff and against their parents that last five minutes for the final episode. And then they run away. Like there was no big battle. There was nothing cool. Molly was the only one we really saw like when she lifted the car at one point and damaged the car, which nobody seemed to <laughs> notice that she full-on damage this classic yeah, the vehicle that, that ended and, up with the um, handprints in it I, yeah. that was another plot hole that i was like yeah okay somebody's gonna notice that um Bull what about the shit. giant hole in the fucking ceiling where she kicked the velociraptor <laughs> into like yep that too that but they did she full-on super kicked like a like a thousand pound animal into the fucking ceiling and nobody said anything like where'd the giant fucking hole yeah. in the plaster come and from? she wrecked like, that fucking uh bathroom in the coffee house too exactly right <laughs> like i was I don't know. I was, but like, <laughs> I was like, if I if I had a giant hole in my ceiling, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm tall, but I had fucking noticed like a velociraptor shaped hole in the ceiling <laughs> of my it's like a cartoon shaped like <laughs> cut out of a velociraptor. Yeah. <laughs> but it was the same night they came home and realized, like, they confronted them about it. Yeah, I so, guess. Like, but it's still just like nobody says anything about it. I'm like, that's a lot of damage to it. They gotta get a contractor to come in and fix that kind of shit. You're just yeah. fixing that yourself. But I mean, they are scientists. Maybe they could figure out something. But the other thing was, and my Mark was just saying this to me now. It reminded him of the beginning of like the first season of Heroes that was just so good. The powers were like this huge deal, and then season two was just shit. Like or no, season three was crap. No, season season, 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 season two was, was not well. Right. Season three was 
wasn't uh, as bad as three. Yeah, season two was season two was a jo- like a steep drop. It off. was yeah, yeah, because of the writer's strike yeah. or whatever. But yeah, no, there was just there was I, I just I it felt that they produced this really cool new show and then in the last three episodes it really just felt like it fell into a million different tropes that i was expecting and prepared for and just didn't surprise me and it didn't mean that it was bad it's just like we've seen it all we've seen this stuff so i was tired of the teen drama move past it yeah yeah i got a little cw in spots which was like that was where my message kind of came from last night when i was like (laughs) fucking with the dances and shit but like it's definitely had some like maybe more riverdale style than like what you really get on this well actually supergirl is pretty bad for this kind of stuff like with her longingly looking at monel or james or whatever and it's like oh fuck like, <laughs> just go punch fucking aliens like i don't care about your relationship drama like i'm over superhero relationship drama and it's such a shitty thing to say because like all comic books have always been 95 percent soap opera and five percent oh yeah dude in bat suit yeah. beating the shit out of criminals kind of thing but sometimes when it's the teen drama, like romancy stuff, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is just Buffy all over again. Like, I've seen this a hundred thousand times on TV now because it's so like that teen drama. It gets so rote now since the 90s. And like, yikes. So you see it everywhere. And it's the same kind of tropes over and over again. So it, it did get a little tiring. Did you have anything else you wanted to? I like that you're still holding on to your Garrus. Like you've, have you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You my Garrus. Okay. Did you have anything else? Either of you? Uh- scathing wise no okay i'm just i just feel like there uh, i don't know i i feel like there was some missed opportunities for it to stay original uh, i'll agree with that okay because i had uh i had a, I had a well, maybe not similar but like i had the same problem i have with a lot of these shows where it's like if i'm a 17 year old and my parents turn out to be super villains and i'm in a world where tony stark lives up the street because <laughs> This isn't like the Marvel universe where they all live in in New mm-hmm. York and like because like the, in the comics they make they make that a point where they're like how do they get away with this shit? It's just that they bought off everybody in their community so well, and they've managed to kind of like keep the superhero and, crowd yeah. out of their town, so like they don't really worry about it too much. But like in the comic, as soon as they find out that they're supervillains, they're like, should we just call the fucking Avengers? Like that should be the first question, and especially in the MCU where you would think all of these people would have become kind of like pop culture, like hero figures, right? Like they'd be superheroes would be super famous in any world that they actually exist in. Like you, everybody would care what Superman was doing all the time. It's a mm. bad example. Cause that's on the other side of the street, but like in a world where more Iron Man exists, I would care all the time about what Tony Stark's doing. Cause that would be super interesting to me. And it would be like, it would be part of the political discourse too. And all this other stuff. So you would think eventually these kids would be like, our parents are criminals and murdering people and have superpowers maybe we should try and get in touch with like shield or the Avengers or any of the other teams. Like, I don't know, maybe fucking call heroes for hire if they exist yet. You know what I mean? Like get Luke Cage and what's his name? Do we have any confirmation that this is set in the MCU though? Yeah. Like besides Uh, Jeff Lowe, Jeff Lowe. Yeah. But, but, but like any in continuity, like anything on the show that actually says this is in the MCU. No, which is I thought was really weird because they go out of, they went out of their way in the pre-press to be like, this is an MCU show. Like it's set in the cinematic universe. And I'm like, okay, great. Where the fuck is everybody (laughs) then? Like, and surely like when they start figuring out hey some of us have fucking powers and shit like that they would have like yeah oh i'm stronger than captain america or something like that molly says yeah or like i could i could i could take on the hulk or something like that like if you're gonna get into a fist fight like that kind of thing or you would think like the 
But I mean, they, they downplayed it because they changed the Minoru's power set to be more like tech, tech yeah. magic. Or they could have mentioned Doctor Strange or something. Yes. Yeah, like, well, they sidestep having to get the the defender, like the that group involved, like the Doctor Strange's like mystic arts kind of people involved mm-hmm. by doing that, which is kind of a bummer because it would be cool for her to just be like, yeah, we got to fly under the radar with the magic shit. Otherwise, like the big guy notices and we're fucked. Like you can't. It would just be like just to play lip service to guys like me. It would have been nice if they were like done that kind of stuff. They don't have to have any of these characters show up because you know you're never going to get Chris Evans is not showing up a Hulu series. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's true. But it would be nice if they were like, oh, Captain America is a thing. Or like if I do you think I'm strong enough now to take on the Hulk? Like that kind of stuff would Mm -hmm. be interesting, especially because as the comics go like they. They start the comic, they're playing an MMO that is Marvel superheroes mm-hmm. like fighting Doctor nice. Doom. So like it's set directly in the MCU or like the 616, like the comic book universe. And there's constant references to like what's going on out east kind mm-hmm. of thing because they're supposed to be on the West Coast. And they make jokes about like, remember when the Avengers had a West Coast team like when we were kids because West Coast Avengers in yeah. the 80s and stuff like that. And like, and then they start to play into it a little bit more where like once the pride falls in the comic, like Cloak and Dagger, who will exist very shortly in on another streaming platform, show up because they're experienced superheroes who are also runaways. Like they show up and start dealing with stuff. And it starts to tie into it all over the place to the point where like Molly, because she's a mutant, is obsessed with the X-Men and wants to marry Wolverine. Ah. So she eventually like runs into the Avengers, which at the time was like the new Avengers team. So it's like Captain America, Luke Cage, Wolverine, Spider-Man show up. And they all just start fanboying about like the Avengers show up. So they freak <laughs> out. Like Molly starts like trying to hit on Wolverine, who's like 158 <laughs> years old and just like surly as shit. And she's like a 13 year old girl. And he's like, yeah, I've been down this fucking road before. <laughs> like not in a creepy way, but in the, he's, he's always got like some kind of like a uh, girl protege kind of yeah. thing. And it's been like historic. Like, Jubilee X-23 Jubilee Kitty pride X-23 now armor during the astonishing run. Like there's always been a number of them. So she kind of falls into that grouping of people. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was a little crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I think that overall the show had some really strong moments, but it, it did feel, I don't know. Like you said, CWE. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my overall yeah. takeaway from it. So. There were a few like scenes that really sort of set it apart from that sort of vibe for me okay. that, you know, I, I don't think I ever would have seen on like a one of the CW shows or on something like The Gifted, that kind of thing, where it's a little more like family oriented. And the ones that immediately yeah. jump into my mind are the scene where Carolina almost gets or gets like taken advantage of at the party yeah that, that was that pretty it, crazy that was and it was but it was handled really well like it they they did a yeah. good job of how they played that see i could see that that kind of thing falling into the maybe the the netflix marvel yeah, side yeah. of things like it's more of an adult kind of storyline to tell yeah. so it's definitely i could see them if they were like i mean most of the characters in the netflix cw shows are our age so it doesn't really apply i mean it still applies because shit like that can happen to anybody but it's not like that same Teenage girl at a party, never drank before, yeah. blah, 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 kind of yeah. thing. Like that kind of story. So, or like the end of episode two, where you've got Gert singing to Molly in bed and like, and, and, and old lace hears it. Like that's a more like a more emotion, like raw emotional moment that you would normally get in one of those, like, you know, in what, maybe a more campy kind of show. And the, the scene where Alex and Nico are like trying to make it look like they were making out in their bedroom when, 
yeah. when her parents come home. Like that was really cleverly done as well. Yeah, I actually, that was one of the things from the first couple episodes that I liked where they were doing things that they shouldn't be doing to cover up the things that to cover up the things that they really shouldn't yeah. be doing kind of thing. Like what they know and stuff like that. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Cause it's like, it's good diversionary tech, like tactics to like, Oh, your parents are going to be pissed off that we're like practically naked and on top of each other. Yeah. So they won't think about the fact that, Oh, maybe they suspect us uh, of being murderers kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Like it's just one of those Just trying to throw them off the trail or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I that, but some of that was pretty good. I mean, I, I think I'm coming off more negative than I actually am. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. We'll get into ratings at, at the end. So my next question, who's your favorite character? Can I just say Old Lace? Yes. <laughs> I, they did I do think she's Old more Lace problem, really well. Yeah, she's, she's yes. more a companion. I think Nico's been done really well, and I've been pretty happy with Gerd overall. Like, there have been a couple times where she's gotten, like, a little overbearing, but I feel like that's true to character. Like, Yep. have that sort of you know young eager you know feminist or or you know social activist-y justice activist kind of, kind of yeah, yeah riot girl kind of person sometimes they 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 do just like get a little like over over ambitious over eager and then it, it just becomes comes off like sort of judgy and obnoxious and i feel like they're playing into that with gert pretty well and that is that is a very relevant right now for sure yeah which is it's actually pretty uh, it's oddly comic accurate too like she does mm-hmm. she's the one that the rest of the group a lot of the, like she'll get on a rant and the rest of them are just like fuck like yeah. we've already it's run away from the home what more, what more do you want us to do about this like mm-hmm. we're living in a shack you know what i mean in a cave with a box of scraps yeah, yeah. sorry but then but then nico i felt you could really like she she was played really well in terms of uh, she's clearly dealing with the loss of Amy really tough. And that comes off in her relationships with all the other runaways as well as her parents. And, but then you do, she does have some nice character develop moments where you see her start to kind of soften later on. And, you know, you get past that hard exterior. So both of them, I thought uh, were pretty good performances overall and, and characters that I'm pretty invested in. Nico in particular, I like in the show because they added her, like the sister is an addition to the show that was not in the mm. comic book. They're all only children in the comic. Okay. Um, so like adding the sister was like a nice way of giving her a characterization because she was the thinnest characterization in the comic for the most part. Like she didn't have a lot to do. It's almost opposite in the show. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's very much the opposite in the show. They like, she was a very, they use her for the visual a lot because she gets into those gothy outfits and the mm. penciler on the original comic did a really great job of like, like playing up that kind of like gothy like i'm wearing a corset and like dark clothes and all that kind of stuff like really did a really good job of drawing her so they leaned on her visual as like a witch a lot but they didn't really give her a ton to do she got knocked out at the beginning of every fight because she's so overpowered in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that like really like a witch with that level of power is not going to have a ton of problems fighting like the shocker or whatever kind of goofy villain shows up in their town so they always had to kind of get a find a way to get rid of her but I thought the TV show gave her a lot more to play with in terms of the actual plot of the story that yeah. was not, was lacking a lot in the comics. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Chrissy? Who did you like? Oh, I liked Gert. You liked Gert? Yeah. I thought she okay. had a lot of like really lovely, like not only just big sister qualities, but like she was very, she was very easy to see as like human. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. did strike me as the quintessential straw feminist yeah, in a lot of ways yeah. that's kind of what i got from her yeah and like i i wasn't i wasn't sure how to feel about her in the first episode but i found her to be very real i'm not sure she was my favorite character because of 
plot or perform like it was her performance because she struck me as very very real and mm-hmm. i i enjoyed that i had a little bit of a problem with her casting because she's a lot they they really picked a much thinner actress than she was drawn in the comics so. yeah because she's curvy right yeah yeah she's a little thicker in the comic like the way they illustrate her in the comic so when they like, they get so they they play up that relationship where she thinks she's not appealing enough or whatever because she's heavier set or what have you and it's like Okay, but then they they still kind of play the same character stuff in the TV show, and I'm like, yeah, but that actress is pretty cute. So I don't, I don't know. It felt weird, but they downplay it because there's that scene where she's playing the Star Wars thing, and the two guy, the two older guys are just like super hitting on her. And I'm yeah. like, that would be totally like if I found a girl like that somewhere wandering around, and she started chatting with me. And she was that cool. I would be like, yeah, how old are you? Because well, <laughs> I I just think that's funny because I actually thought. I really liked that they picked someone curvier. It, it bothered me a bit that she did end up looking thinner than I expected her to, but like they dressed her in curvier stuff and she's not a skinny mini. She had like a round face that you don't see often in in television because it's not a skinny face. But I identified yeah. her because she's actually very, very close to my own shape and I never see that represented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a side note, it has nothing to do with Gert, but I am dyeing my hair purple next week. But I was just like, ah, oh, dang, ah, oh, dang. Sure, it doesn't. Are you are you also going to get a Dinonacus to follow you around? Oh, you know what? <laughs> but yeah, I don't really have. I'm trying to think if I have a favorite character. I like the mom, uh, the the Japanese mom, Tina. A oh lot. wait, no, yeah, my favorites were the were the parents, Gert's parents too. Sorry, I yeah, already said that. Yeah, they were a little too comic relief for my taste. I thought. <laughs> I liked it. So. I mean, like to be fair, the mom, like I super have the hots for her. So there is that. But like, I like the. The Japanese mom, like Tina Minoru's character, a lot better. Actually, I liked her a lot better in the show than I did in the comic because she's doesn't have as much to do in the comic. They didn't characterize her as much, whereas she seemed to be kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the TV show. Yeah, which I thought was pretty good, and I liked the actress. I thought she did a good job. I did like, and it's it's a similar problem, and I think that's why I kind of prefer the comic is that I think having characterized all the parents and all the kids, you're now at eighteen characters. Well, actually, no, not really. You're at 16 characters because you killed one pair of parents, right? Yeah. But it's just a lot of fucking characters to like keep track of in a short span of time. Sometimes I was kind of like, I don't really know who's allegiant to who and like what's going on. And like there was because there was so much Game of Thrones, you like backstabbing shit going on. I was like, I'm having trouble keeping track of what's going on because there's too many backdoor allegiances going on and mm. that kind of stuff. So it got a little frenetic there so i sometimes i was like okay there's too many fucking people for me to keep track of but yes for the most part like they they did a pretty good job given like the volume of characters of giving everybody something to do and kind of keeping everything delineated pretty well i maybe shouldn't have just like binged it and been really paying close attention to it because i my attention was drifting a little bit so yeah okay we're getting up to that two that magic two hour mark so let's let's power through this uh will you come back for season two Uh, yes absolutely um hesitantly but i will watch it okay do you have like an overall rating you would give it like what would you give it like a star rating i give, f- give it a what three out of five out of, five? Out of, oh, 10, out of ten um yeah um i'd give it a 6.5 because of the last three episodes maybe like a seven okay i'm probably a little bit higher like 7.58 maybe kind of thing i had some issues that take it down a couple notches but for the most part i enjoyed my time with it and i will like i'll i'll be back for season two if for no other reason than to see if they pay off some of the comic book stories that I would like to see yeah. kind of translated to TV. Also, I would like to see if they will, as they move forward, integrate more into the MCU, which is, that's just my weird 
nerd hard on for that kind of thing. Like I want to, if they're going to say this is all interconnected, fucking interconnect them. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you guys give it a rating lower than like a seven though. I'm just pointing that out. You guys are very well, giving with you, your numbers. We, we wouldn't generally watch shit that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless you know it was specifically requested of us. Yeah, that, uh, we knew, or at least we wouldn't continue watching shit yeah. that we didn't enjoy that much. Which is nice that we've got enough, you know, cool stuff that we can watch that we don't have to watch like stuff that would be Smallville, a little, like that Smallville? we would rate a little lower. Yeah, again, I, I don't know if I'll ever go back and watch I'll Smallville. Never watch it. I'll never watch it again. I mean, at, at the time, it was good compared to what we had available because there wasn't much else available, but now it, it's, it doesn't hold up, I'm sure. Yeah, and especially now that they've, like, I found out that Chloe's, like, some kind of weird, like, sex cult leader cult or leader, something yeah. like that. I'm like that. Yeah, the only reason yeah. I would watch that show is to go back and look at her for a couple episodes, and now I'm just like, that kind of kills my boner, so... Yeah, that's that's the end of that for me. All right, so <laughs> we're at two hours. Do you have anything Wait, else I want to say? I didn't give my I didn't give my rating. Oh, didn't you? Sorry, I, I'm probably sitting around where Mark is. I probably sit at at around like an eight. Uh, it's not like it's not the Netflix shows for me. I I appreciate it fills a niche that isn't currently being filled, or at least is is maybe underserved in terms of you know especially a Mar- especially a marvel property like i think this kind of touches yeah. some of the spots where those cw shows touch there's some overlap yeah but i think marvel this is the Mar- marvel's answer to that and it's a pretty good fucking answer to it i'll, I'll give them that much yeah. like yeah they did yeah they did a good job it was like a solid yeah. solid uh show i just think they, yeah. they they made some errors that i think there's much room for improvement for so i look forward to seeing what those yeah. improvements are i'm also yeah. like i'm curious to see if they'll if they ever get a chance to tie this stuff together at all, like it would be kind of cool to see that cloak and dagger show that's coming up. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's like in a month it comes out, but it would be nice to see it, see them cross over because they're, the themes are actually very, very similar because they're both runaways and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it would be kind of cool to see them do that because they do show up. They're the first superhero team that they meet in the comics is cloak and dagger. So it would be kind of cool. It's kind of weirdly fortuitous that they're both kind of premiering at the same time. So, yeah. The only other thing, just kind of unrelated to everything else we've talked about, it's got a pretty killer soundtrack overall. That has done, I mean, the, the opening uh, song has been really good, and the opening itself is really good, and, and I think sets the mood for the show pretty well. Okay, because I didn't really, like, overly care for the opening credits. Like, just in, in like, a, whatever you want to call it, like, a designer, like, design nerd kind of way, I was like, eh, it's a little... Like, they didn't do anything special. It wasn't like that. Like It helps to set sort of the sense of place for the show, yeah. I think. It does It does do that, but I just, like, I think you could have done it a little bit more. Like, it could have been done more interestingly. It's very, like, everything is, like, three-second shots of stuff with text over top of it. And I was like, mm, yeah. okay. It wasn't like when we I watched The Defenders. Like, I know Chrissy didn't think that much of it, but, like, that opening, oh, yeah. the opening credits to the defenders, which I was just like, this is a designer's wet dream. This is the coolest. Like it looked really cool, which I feel like the Netflix shows. Yeah. Well, I just feel like the, the Netflix it's shows. Not as, it's not as that. highly stylized yeah. as the Netflix shows are. No, which is another thing I kind of had a problem with. Like some of the cinematography and like the production values of it were a little, I want to say cheap, but they just felt like they felt like network TV compared to just the net- just average. Yeah. Whereas like the Netflix shows, I feel like they spend a lot more time. Like really, I mean, to be fair, they do do a lot to kind of darken those frames up a lot. Like they shoot those very dark mm-hmm. and like whatever, like vigilante superhero kind of style. And it's different, but whatever. Yeah. The only other thing I had was we didn't really talk super a lot about the Jonah character, like the Julian McMahon. Fuck. He was, I didn't hate him. I just thought he was kind of <laughs> useless. Oh, really? 
too arch. I didn't hate him, but too I wasn't arch. I wasn't enthralled with him either. Yeah, I don't like that actor. He was a shit Doctor Doom, and he's a shit character in this too. So fuck him. Oh, was he played? Was he the one that played the Doctor Doom in the, in the original Jessica Alba? Yeah, and Jessica Alba and Gruffa, Chris Evans. Evans ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he was dog shit in those, and he's dog shit now. So. <laughs> I didn't think he was dog shit in the Fantastic Four movies or in this. In this. Oh, okay. I thought he was dog shit in this. He was definitely dog. Fantastic shit. Four movies were just dog yeah, shit. Yeah, he was definitely the worst part of those fucking movies too, though. So, um, <laughs> anyway, all right. So I guess we're done. That was it. So Christy, you said six point five seven. Yep. And Tim and I were like seven point five eight. So there you go. Yeah. So would you recommend overall? Go watch it. Yes or no? Oh yeah. I'd say go watch it. It's always yeah. good to take in that kind of that kind of show. It doesn't take long either. It's like a no. like a two day bit like that. So and they did they did like yeah. a good job. I just wasn't as impressed with the last three episodes. They lost me. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Kind of like we're losing you right now as you're yep. playing some game. I'm not playing any game. <laughs> you just have that look like you're staring at something very intently off like away from us. So Tim is literally right here. Okay. He's on my screen. Okay. I'm I'm right behind Thank you. you. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, let's wrap this shit up. Uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. You can hit us up with your thoughts on Runaways or anything else we talked about tonight on social media. Our Twitter is at DRD underscore podcast. We're clearly most active on our Facebook page at <laughs> Facebook.com. Slash, well, we've been recording. Yeah, we're recording, too, which we really should stop doing. <laughs> at Facebook.com slash Dance Robot Dance Podcast. Or you can email us at Dance Robot Dance Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher or the Google Play Store or Apple Podcasts. Also, please rate and review the podcast on that fine Apple platform so that we can force Christy to share the podcast more. <laughs> I'll do it. Give us a five star and a comment and I'll do it. Yay. I don't think we talked about anything this week that would preclude Christy from mm. sharing. No, we were relatively clean this week. That's uh, actually shocking. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So for Dance Robot Dance, I'm Mark. I've been here with Christy and Garrus, apparently. Bye. And Tim. To be fair, I was only updating our Facebook page while you guys were ranting. To be fair. <laughs> you guys got to watch Letter Kenny. That joke just does not work unless you watch Letter Kenny. To be fair. Anyway. All right, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so good. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> so, good night, guys.